Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weed and now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. Alright, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. Everybody and welcome in to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Today, we continue our comic book movie journey through film with Guardians of the Galaxy. This one was released August 1st, 1st 2014, written by James Gunn and Nicole Perlman, directed by James Gunn. I'm Colton Robertson, and I'm joined by Joseph George. What's up, homie? Oh, what up, what up? Always a pleasure to be here, and a very, very... Very high pleasure today. I don't just a lot of greatness. We have reached a great one um, in the project, but uh, yeah, no, for sure. We're also joined by KBZ Kyler Barnett. What's up, homie? Uh, I am Groot. Ah, uh, you are Groot. You are. I see. I love that. I love Groot, man. I love me some Groot. Guardians, man. We're here. I, it, it just this is top one for me. MCU wise and potentially comic book movies period. There's only two that even kind of give it a run for its money and they're not for a ways down the way. Um, mm-hmm. God damn. Do I love this movie? Ky- Kyler, I, me and you connected years back and I feel like I remember, obviously we were, we were brought together via baseball uh, years back, but I feel like the the, the relationship relationship took a leap the day we discussed Guardians of the Galaxy for the first time. How are you feeling about this one, man? Yeah, I mean, to comment on that, like, there's just there wasn't many people I had that, like, in my friend groups, whether it be at school or even within that team, like, there wasn't really many people who were kind of getting down with these movies like that. And so having somebody to kind of talk to, it just kind of, like, just easy connection right there. Um, but, yeah, man, I just – I love this movie. I feel like, for me, the kind of um, – like what this did for me in terms of my interest and enjoyment for the Marvel stuff, because I didn't have a background in like the comic books or, you know, really much of the kind of lore of Marvel or really any comic book characters, Spider-Man kind of, because I'd watch the cartoon and that's really it. Like I didn't get yeah. much out of it um, when I was younger. So for me, like Iron Man and all that stuff, I liked it, but I hadn't really just like gone gung ho, like, I'm going to be following update accounts. I'm going to be doing this, that, and the other. Like, I want to know everything. I want to, you know, all that stuff. It didn't really start or happen until this movie. And I don't know, man. Just, I think it, it's it's got a lot going for it. And it holds a special place in my heart, so. Oh, dude, it is it is special. It's a good one. And it's one of the few comic book movies that I would not hesitate to call one of my favorite movies of all time, period. Um, and when I say one of my favorite movies of all time, we're talking 50 to a hundred movies, you know, like one of my favorites, I I, I have a ton of favorites, you know, um, there's, there's all sorts Mm -hmm. of them, but this is definitely among them. One of the, one of the few that would be among them. Uh, I, I adore it, man. Joe, how are you feeling fresh off of it? Ooh, yeah, I don't know this. 
watch kind of got me to think about what was the first MCU movie I saw in theaters ever. And I don't know. I don't know for sure. But this, I remember having theater moments. Like, I remember being in the theater for this movie. Mm. And and I don't think I was for Iron Man 3. It doesn't seem... Like, I don't think I was at all. I think this makes about some sense. I would have been 14. Marvel is beginning to become part of my life. I mm-hmm. think this might be the first MCU movie I did go see. Interesting. Um, and yeah, I remember, I think, uh, I think the Avengers was the first for me, but this was my first mm, after okay. that. Yeah. Uh, Cause I remember my family being taken away by this movie as well. Like my, mm. my cousins were obsessed with it. A few of my uncles were, we even had like a, a little post whenever it came out. I don't know how we got it, whether it was red box at the time, who knows? Um, but like we, we all had like a home kind of watch party, um, mm. with it as well. So I, I think like that was the crew we went to the theater with, and then we all saw it again. I think yeah, I'm pretty sure this 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 is definitely the first that I remember. I could have right. been for Iron Man three or Avengers, but I don't know. Um, but gotcha. no, this gotcha. this uh, I I do have uh, I agree with you that this is top one right now on the project. That's for sure. As, as, for for the movies that we've covered so far, uh, this is this is top one, and I don't really think there's any debate. Or really any discussion to be had there. Uh, it's it's who's coming in second after yeah. this one right now. Um, oh man, I, 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 there's just so much heart that this movie has that, you know, when it comes to MCU movies, I think you could argue that they all have a certain spirit to them up to this point. Where you know the Iron Man movies, specifically Iron Man and Iron Man Three, there's there's clearly a great deal of care. I would argue Iron Man Three more than any of the other Iron Man movies, and captain Mm -hmm. america uh the first avenger specifically the winter soldier is good um but i feel like it doesn't have as much of the just spirit that this or the first avenger have you know like it's just kind of but this is even in a league of its own above the other ones that feel like they have heart and identity like this one moves me deeply for different reasons than the other ones have moved me It, it captures the found family vibe for the first time in the MCU, the most effectively, uh, you know, they try to do it with the Avengers and, you know, there, there's elements of that with the crew around Tony and the crew around Steve, but it's not the same. This is the first time in the MCU that you are getting a team that feels like a family and it's and the way that that evolves over the course of the movie. When Gamora at the end, after Peter goes, you know, he was the only family I've ever ha- I ever had and. And Gamora's like, no, no, he's not. You know, like that shit yeah. gets me, bro. Like That's I, what I was just going to say is like it I, works completely <clears throat> with them. But imagine if like Tony said that to Steve or like right, one yeah. of the Avengers. Yeah. Like if one of the Avengers said that to any other Avenger, it's like, ah, eh, that's it's a little very forced, clearly like, a, that's, a business yeah, partnership with. No, the <laughs> I do. I do love this movie. And especially like the there's such a dysfunction about the group that is so relatable. And like, I'm not saying necessarily that I have, you know, I relate to having family or friends or somebody that speaks like rocket quite does, you know, as a, um, you know, I guess sailorish, but mm-hmm. it's not quite like that demeaning, but the dysfunction and just the general, like just kind of chemistry of the group 
is just something that's so easily digested and just like it, it works so well, man. The actors, it, it doesn't. There's nothing distracting about the dynamic is I think the best way to put it. You bring up Avengers and like there is a sort of distracting element of like how much of this is actually working between these characters kind of like in certain moments. And you just don't ever feel that way with this. You don't ever Mm -hmm. feel that way with these characters. They are just, they bounce off of one another so well. And it just makes for absolute great, film watching and my, I just I love this group so much the way they can yeah, do that and it's and to go back to that Avengers comparison it isn't entirely different on paper as far as like what they're supposed to have in common versus where they're supposed to sort of have strife you know they butt heads because they're so similar they all want the same thing roughly they just all have different ways of wanting to get there and you know, they might have all all these different places they want to end up, but they ultimately want to do the same thing, which I think is the same as the Avengers. But the, the chemistry just isn't there like it is in this movie uh, when it comes to, I mean, shit, Chris Pratt and Zoe Saldana. Not even not even close to being replicated by any other MCU movie besides maybe Tony and Pepper and that took again, a while. I, it takes a yeah i was gonna say it took pretty deep into those movies to really feel like i think iron man 3 did the most to kind of build that up but well, yeah and there's I, also the thing that we talked about with thor with thor and jane where there's there's a difference between the chemistry of two people who have implied history and two people who are literally meeting for the first time like the reason tony and pepper fire on all cylinders is because they've been firing on all cylinders for years mm-hmm. and we're just now getting dropped into that yeah. um and this is this one is much more in the vein of that thor and jane chris hemsworth and natalie portman uh with zoe saldana and chris pratt and i i dig it i love that and i mean and then you throw in just the crew around them who has even more impeccable chemistry when it comes to, I mean, Dave Batista is fucking incredible. I, I've never, I feel like I've never given him enough credit period. Um, and this is probably his weakest movie as far as the guardians trilogy, simply because he's, he's rather one dimensional in this one. He grows a lot as a character, as a result of these, as a result of being around these people. Um, and, but even he's also so, introduced halfway through the movie, it, it, he's introduced halfway through the movie. He doesn't get a ton of chance, I guess. Like the rest of them had already been interacting long before that. So that's what blows my fucking mind. We're at the prison, the kiln, 27 minutes into this movie. That's like whenever they're going, like going through process, like they just they're in there. They're in wow. there 27 minutes into the movie. Um, which yeah. is insane. Like the amount that we do before that, that doesn't, it's not like it feels overstuffed. It's not like it feels rushed. It's not like it, it feels like it's given more than enough mm-hmm. time to breathe. And yeah. we're only 25 minutes into the movie. We feel like we've gotten all of these characters kind of down pat up to besides Drax. Of course we meet Drax then, but like mm-hmm. you get a feel for Gamora, you get a feel for star Lord, yeah. you get a feel for rocket and Groot. And it's just like, the character work here is impeccable. And that's why, like I have so much faith in, James Gunn's Superman movie. I think Superman Legacy is going to be fun. Uh, yeah, give him everything. You can just write some fucking comic book characters, man. He's so good at it. He makes every character important as well. Mm-hmm. Like there's, it's 
it's incredible. Like, the Avengers, they're a forced team. They are like, hey, we need you guys. Come together and fight for us because we, we need you. But this is, they're just going to prison together because they were after, you know, the, the Power Stone or the Orb. They don't even know it's the Power Stone, which I think is, mm-hmm. you know, hilarious. Uh, they're just after the Orb, and then they just get arrested by the Why? Orb. <laughs> you huh? were just carrying that around in your purse! Uh, I fucking, mm-hmm. I love yeah. that. I you love still it. have it? He's like, you still, you, you, you didn't even there. Yeah, like... Dude, oh. and I love the way Bradley Cooper's rocket evolves over the course of these three movies in terms of not just the character, oh but his voice for the character gets uh, much better. And I also, like, don't get me wrong, I still like it in this movie, and I think it's good in this movie, but the work he's doing in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is much different than the work he's doing in this one. And mm-hmm. it, the way that that character evolves uh, with Bradley Cooper's performance of it is phenomenal i love it i love it uh yeah. but even so he's still got some of the best deliveries in this entire movie if not just uh, a series of the best deliveries in this entire movie you know yeah that's why i still went with them for performance for me i i, I mean and frankly i mean there was a lot more to choose from than i thought i was i thought i was kind of going to come in here and be like okay i i know who the strong ones are in my eyes that i've focused on before um, but I think Rocket got a lot more of the spotlight just after Volume 3. You know, I mean, it's kind of just how it's going to go. I'm going to pay attention to Rocket a little bit more. Um, and, man, he's uh, he's just funny and, like, also has that, um, like, bit of emotion to him also. Like, whenever him and Drax get into it at first, you know, they're fighting and cause that whole ruckus in the bar or whatever. Um, and he's like, I didn't choose, you know, to be this way, or, you know, he called me a rodent, he called me vermin, you know, when he's, like, kind of breaking down, or whatever there, uh, you get, like, the first glimpse of his, of his, like, trauma and everything, and, I don't know, I thought just, just for the funny deliveries alone, he got my performance nod, but then even, he does still have he that does. range to he him. He does, yeah, um, where he no, can for sure, kind of yeah, down. he's, he's really fucking good in this movie, uh, and I, I, th- that's the thing is that as far as any of the main four, I'll say Vin Diesel is cashing the easiest check in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm-hmm. The hardest yeah, thing did. about his job is that he has to do all the dubs in all the different mm-hmm. languages. Yeah. Um, that's the least he, he could do. Yeah, exactly. Least I mean, he could do. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'd say Just that's still. Root. Yeah. D- don't forget the we though, in every language as well. It's not just mm. one sentence. There are, Yes, you know, yes. uh, he, he does have to say two whole sentences um, in multiple languages. So come and on, and a lot uh, of different inflections. You know, I'll, I'll give it. I'll give him that. Um, no, but as far as like, I could see you going with any of the main four here, and even beyond the main four. What is probably the most interesting performance in this movie? I didn't go with him, but the most interesting performance in this movie is Benicio del Toro as Tenelier Tavon. Um, the mm. dude's cold. The dude's in the fucking beautiful, you know, like that, that whole thing. Magnificent. What's, what's, is it, is that Magnificent. like, is that's that an infinity war. Okay. Yeah, that's infinity okay. war. That's right. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I thought that was a different character he played as well. Uh, I'm thinking of the code breaker, I think, uh, in Star yeah, oh, Wars. With with, um, uh, yeah, yeah, no, okay. No, I'm, I'm mixing too many things up now. But yeah, he, no, yeah, he's got the weird like impediment yeah. or something in that one, doesn't yeah. he? 
Yeah, he's got a little yeah, bit he of kinda, a stutter. Yeah, he kind of clicks or kind of stutters, yeah. yeah. But, no, his his whole outfit here, you know, the glasses that he has on, he's just hmm. kind of admiring his collection, you know. Well, and, and again, post-holiday oh. special and volume three, it is it is fascinating to think about where these characters go and every like, because there's a drop in the holiday special where uh, Nebula mentions, like, ever since we bought nowhere from the collector which means mm-hmm. that he didn't actually die in infinity war like we thought he might have and like this guy is still around somewhere i would love oh Benicio wait what back. yeah oh, wait actually i thought it was just like ever since we got nowhere like ever since we took you know like he was the last owner oh maybe it was. Dude, we, i thought i thought they said bought nowhere maybe from the though i don't know i guess not, i'm not Dude, I, he, I never he's just chilling and California, okay, that's his yep, house. That's I was it. there. It's simple. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's admiring. He's with Howard the Duck, you know, yeah. somewhere still. Um, we got the, the first Cosmo raccoon, uh, rocket, and Cosmo mm-hmm. make eye contact during this one, yeah. which was great. Uh, <laughs> he called me bad dog. Uh, yeah, no, I, uh, I, I. There's just so much that, as far as the trilogy is concerned. There are a few MCU trilogies where just in the movies themselves, obviously Infinity War and Endgame throw a huge wrench into the Guardians of the Galaxy trilogy. But even so, even just knowing the only fact from those movies being that Gamora dies and come mm-hmm. back. Um, the way that this trilogy manages to hold together is pretty incredible. You know, I think that three suffers a bit for having to reckon with that and there's a little bit of this bittersweetness anytime you're dealing with anything with Gamora in this movie um mm-hmm. like yeah. uh the end whenever she she you know she starts dancing a little bit you know like uh I <laughs> I was just kind of like oh, fuck you yeah. know like god damn uh I mean Thanos did need to sacrifice someone you know I I'm guess re- I really like that, uh, like James Gunn, you say the trilogy holds up really well. He, he has so many little bits. You, like you can kind of see this in like the middle movie really bad. It seems like at least in my memory, like the middle movies of some of these trilogies are really bad about trying to like insert little blurbs here or something that like once you rewatch it after you watch the third one or, or whatever, the third one comes out, it's like, Man, they really are setting stuff. You know what I mean? You kind of get that, like, set up fire, I guess. Mm -hmm. Like, just the little stuff. There's so many little things in here that, like, are just in such passing that then become so, like, relevant or prevalent in the head from the third movie, especially. Like, he won three uh, when they call Rocket that and stuff. And, like, Mm -hmm. you're like, back then you just heard that and we're like, oh, I wonder what that's about. Yeah, you know, oh, at the end of the movie, whenever yeah, should have yeah, dropped him yeah. off to his dad. You know, all that guy was yeah, like, piece that of shit, shit anyways, yeah. or you know, whatever. Yeah. Just yeah, throwaway lines that don't seem like anything. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's all anyway. Man, I love voices like that so much. And yeah, Michael Rooker is really good oh. as Yondu, man. Um, dude, there's so God. many good little background characters throughout this trilogy. Everybody, Gunn, dude. Joe, James you said that Gunn. James Gunn pays attention to every character. You are not lying, every brother, because like Craglin becomes dude. important at, 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 yes. in some of these movies. Dude, you I'm get Michael you. Rooker extremely important in some of these movies. Like, dude, the, the character like, work up until this moment. Charge, up until this off moment, we got Iron Man three. We got Thor: The Dark World. Thor: The Dark World is there is Marvel's first attempt 
at being like, okay, we're going to start a grander story here. Infinity Stones, we have Thanos, that seed dropped. Now let's let's put in the first Infinity Stone in a movie. Makes sense with Thor, you know? But it still kind of remained on Earth and grounded somewhat, you know? They were, they were like, we still can't be all in space and, you know, quite yet. Audiences, maybe they're like, they just didn't think the audiences were ready. James Gunn says, hold my beer. Let me show you how to make just... A movie. I don't know. Not even a, a good comic book movie or a good continuity movie for your universe. But he, you know, also while creating all of these new characters, just drops the lore for the next couple years that the Mar like MCU is going to follow, which I think is incredible. That like the Infinity Stones, the, the the collectors just dropping all of this lore, and it's nuts. Like this is yeah, like as yeah, he puts like, it. Oh my uh, god. And, and, you know, and showing the, I don't know, all these old ancient beings that used to wield them and, and all this stuff. And then Marvel, like, literally is like, yeah, no, this, this is actually just so good. Uh, way better than kind of what we were thinking, I think. We're, just, we're going with this. Uh, James Gunn, thank you. There's gotta be a, uh, a certain degree of, you yeah, know, I mean, like. They, they, they probably gave him there's, guidelines there's that he had. There's certainly flaggy yes, oversight sure. where they're like, oh yeah, this is cool. We can do this, you know? Um, yeah. But I, I'd like to think. Even, even so, there are already things that they kind of, continuity-wise, do already, not, they bend it. They don't break it. But they, you know, they, they're like, how much does this allow us to play a little bit? You know, mm -hmm. uh, Gamora making mention of when Thanos came and picked me up, he killed my parents in front of me. They're like, yes. Like later on, they're like, yes, but let's do that a little bit, a little bit bigger, you know, like, it, you know, they clearly hadn't had an idea for what Thanos wants the infinity stones for yet. Otherwise Gamora would have been like, he wiped out half of my planet with his army, True. you know, like, uh, you know, like, True. so it's, it is fascinating to watch the way that they never, snap the continuity set up by guardians but they do they like they're like mm -hmm. how far can we how far can we bend it before it becomes a little too much and that's not not too much by any means i just i just think that that's a good example yeah. of what the okay. mcu was good at for a long time was being like oh this is just vague enough that we can do more with it while it's still extremely specific mm -hmm. to this character yeah and i um, guess Maybe that's not James Gunn just being like, okay, I'm thinking so far into the future, let me lay it out for you. Maybe that just comes with good character work, like giving characters that good of a backstory, at, you know, and not just having them further someone else's story, having each character have their own arc and everything. Uh, because, I mean, obviously there are some more important characters for the movie than others. Like, Peter Quill is not on the same level as Kraglin. Like, I, like that's just... That's just how it is right now. No, Kraken's um, just so far above him. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Not even close. Peter Quill is just not even really important uh, right now at all. But, but I mean, like, every, you, you can really see somewhat of an arc for every character that's in the movie. Um, and I, I think James Gunn just has, a per, like, a, a beautiful way of balancing everything. Like, he gets me to cry, laugh, and, like, it's just good story like I'm enjoying just a good movie at the same time. Yeah. Um, which is, is just incredible. The amount of like mashup he can do and not make it feel forced or cringy or, mm -hmm. um, I don't know. Like, I feel like there's a lot of moments in rate other MCU movies where there's such a badass moment that is then 
just like a, a one-liner is said after it that kind of takes all the steam out of it. And he doesn't really have a lot of those. Like, he he, he saves the one-liners for when they work better. I don't know. Like, it, it's for times where, where I don't know, it just works better. And I, I don't well, I don't know I exactly why. But. No, it's it's a different brand of comedy writing and a different set of characters he's dealing with. You know, we're dealing with a bunch of like uh, scoundrels, you know, rapscallions. They mm-hmm. they would say some goofy fucking shit every once in a while. Like that's just so every once in a while you get these little drops in movies from ca- sorry about my fucking camera. I don't know what the hell's going on and it's not stopping. So groovy, man. It's groovy. Yeah, shit. Uh, love it. <laughs> Look like I've gotten spaghetti-o splashed all over my fucking shit uh but uh no I, I it's it's just a different set of characters he gets the the free ability to work with and you know he gets to a, a certain degree of that's on performance you know like they deliver their comedy with such prowess and such talent mm. that it feels natural it doesn't feel like it's like a Okay, yeah, we're trying to appeal to a younger audience with this one. Let's go ahead and throw a little, slide a little joke in here. You know, like Thor: The Dark World, one of the one of the goofier mo- moments in that movie that I I do enjoy, but is like, okay, it's it's very clear what we're trying to do here is whenever they like Trent, like uh, uh, Darcy's kissing her intern and they pop up and they're like Darcy, Jane, Selvig, this guy, Mew Mew, and Mjolnir mm-hmm. flies by. You know, it's like. Yeah. Okay, you know, like, I thought it was funny, I thought it was cute, but it's like, it's nowhere near the level of nat- natural that this movie is able to put on for us. Um, and I think that James Gunn has a knack for that writing. And most importantly, I think that, like, Chris Pratt's years of being on Parks and Rec and sitcom work and a comedic actor for years before this really helps. Uh, it really helps. Yeah. And uh, Bradley Cooper was a mainstay in a bunch of comedy movies before this, you know, like it's hmm. Dave Batista. He was a WWE wrestler. He's a performer. This is what he does. You know, the, the only ben person. Diesel. Um, yeah, with the amount of comedy he has to deliver. Um, and then the one um, character who doesn't have a lot of comedy and still knocks it out of the park when she has the opportunity is Gamora and Zoe Saldana. Like, yeah. her funny lines aren't delivered in a way that's like, I know this is going to be a laugh. You know, like, uh, your pelvic sorcery. You know, like, she's saying mm-hmm. that because that's what Gamora would say. And, like, that's It's that's just strong, through her character you know? that yeah. it's funny. Yeah, exactly. not not um, through necessarily her delivery, but... Yeah, like she she had a line where I don't know it was just kind of a cool moment too. They're uh, they just blasted the the hole in uh, Ronan. There you go, Ronan ship, and they're they're going in. You know, they're they're going in, and he's he's sliding, and then he kind of does like a drift, and then shoots as he's drifting to like kill all the rest of the I don't know just alien guards that are in there, and then Gamora at the end just goes, "We're like Kevin Bacon," uh, but yeah, like she yeah. says it and this such like. I don't know. It just sounded southern for some reason uh, to me. Like when she said it, uh, the delivery was just really funny. Uh, and I just, uh, it's not not the the line I will go with. I just wrote it down to remember it because it's. I like the drift. The drift drive by was sick. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just don't know why it sounded southern. I didn't know if any of you picked up on that. I did not. not. I did not. Um, but okay. No, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of really funny and there's a very obvious influence that of course we're big fans of. 
uh, in Star Wars, not necessarily in the writing of this movie uh, in terms of dialogue and comedy or anything, but just world building and side characters, you know, like when we get to the prison, it kind of operates in the same way that the Moss Eisley Cantina does in A New Hope, um, where every zany side character is overacting like a motherfucker. It's hysterical. Um, I love that all of them are like, you're going to die, Gamora. She's like two feet away. All of them are not attacking her. They're just like, Murder. this is it. This is your last day. You know, well, nobody's going to do a fucking thing about it. How about you kill her right now? You know, like, uh, it's just, it's super funny. That sort of shit. I I love that stuff. They're like, the guards won't do anything. That's why we got to wait till the dead of night. You know, like, uh, it's, it's, uh, the one guy that was, that was like, that was my favorite knife. I don't know. That yeah, one, exactly. that one dude that was like, I don't know. Like, it's just characters like that, like, that are actually like, I've seen the movie. I don't know how many times I've seen the movie by now, but like, it always gets me to laugh or like, whatever. And it's just that, that guy has no impact on the movie whatsoever. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, just to get Gamora there so that Drax can come up and have his, his entrance, you know, and, and we get full, full Drax backstory. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I, yeah, that's Drax story. Yeah, perfect. That's that's pretty nice. But yeah, it, I don't know. It kind of dawned on me this time that they met at the prison. Dude was just already in prison. Um, you know, like yeah. they, uh, everyone else got there. They were all transported there together. But Drax was just kind of the one already chilling there. Oh shit, Gamora, what's up? About to murder your ass. You know, like uh... Dude, speaking of the the killing scene, we get Nathan uh, Nathan Fillion. Part I'm going to lather you up I... with berry and jelly and go to I... town. I still have no idea how mm. that's his voice. I I have I can't I can't fathom it. Like hearing him talk in Guardians 3 and then also uh like he's got a couple parts in I think Big Mouth season 1 or something like that mm. or maybe a couple seasons where I think mm. Missy or something I don't know. Anyway, I just can't fathom that that voice is mm. the same one. Like it just doesn't make sense to me. Obviously, I know there's you know digital and and things you can do, but I mean, still, that's, that's he's doing something. No, that's, yeah, that's no, no, it is. It's, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah, I can't. I, I don't understand it. There's also no, a yeah. great, great one liner in that room with or in that scene with Drax. Uh, Peter Quill's like climbing up to the watchtower, and Drax just kind of saved him or whatever. He's like, you. The one who lays with the Asgavarian. Peter's like, <laughs> one, time. one time. Yeah. <laughs> that, uh, that shit cracks me up. The kid, I, I feel like you, I commented a little bit about the dysfunction of this group, but like the chemistry that they do build, it feels so well earned and like deserved. And like, it happened fast, yes. But with what they went through and it happened with, like, mm-hmm. if you can bond together in those moments, brother, you got yeah. it all right there. Like, it, it's it's yeah. it's they ready. They broke for out of you, prison you know? together. You know, they're they're wanted criminals. Uh, they are you know, all. I don't know. It. They all had to be in on it together. They had to sell it to the collector. You know, they can't just bring that orb anywhere. You know, they're wanted. It's like they still got to stick together. Because um, I mean, the idea was, you know. After this deal is over, we're going to get our money. We're going to go our separate ways. Rocket might kill every single one of them anyways um, because, you know, that's just how he's feeling at mm-hmm. the moment. Uh, but, no, they 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 do find their little team in there. And, it, the, like, the I'd say they really become a team 
whenever they're like planning for Ronan, you know, and it's like, yeah, like you're basically asking us to die, and they all stand up one by one and say, you know, no, they're all I'll, standing up. Okay, I'll fight. Yeah, I'll fight with you. Like I, I don't know, it's a classic, you know, team up scene in in every I don't know kind of. It feels very stereotypical or cliche, but it, it it's a it hits just as hard uh in oh yeah in and like they, they play it like a cliche which is it's a it's a certain degree of mm-hmm. self-awareness that there's there's a bad kind of self-awareness and there's a good kind of self-awareness and i feel like you know again they have the one character who would think this is corny say that it's corny it's not like it's just anybody yeah. going like uh because that's a common thing i don't love about the mcu is whenever a character dismisses the comic mm. booky corny elements just because it's comic booky and corny and like, uh, you know, they, they, they always try to do it with a character that it would work for, but even rocket, you know, he acknowledges how corny it is, but he gives in and he's like, yeah, all right, fine. Fuck it. You know, like, he's like, yeah, this is what we're doing. All right. Um, we're all doing it now. Damn it. You know, like you can't I say no, small now. things. Yeah. You made me beat up grass. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. He's just, just kick. I mean, kick it. Like, I wonder, Three. uh, like, you'll die. Like, if, cause this is on nowhere, you know, um, if they, if he even knew the grass was gonna be there, or if this is just an improvised line, like, or if Bradley Cooper's, like, in the booth, just kicking, you know, kind of the ground, and he's just like, what the fuck am I kicking? Uh, grass, you know, I don't need, like, is he, like, is this a scripted line in a scripted moment, or is this just... I gotta uh, think so. I don't know how yeah? it could possibly okay. be. Uh, um, <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, it's a complete, it's, it's a... It's a complete CGI character, and they have to make the scene complete. There's no actual grass being kicked in the scene. Could have just been a line they liked, and they're like, hey, yeah, we got to make it all anyways. We got to fuck, you know, it's all from, you know. I mean, if that's the case, hats off to the people who decided this line read deserved that. That's Um, true. I mean, probably all of the tough CGI work is done and then he just does the line that makes sense. No, I mean, like, like, I don't know the process or anything, but I uh, I don't know how that works. I I just like to think that if he does improvise that in the booth, they go, well, that's that's a throwaway, you know, Um, like if they don't have that set up, they're just going to go like, what gra- What the fuck is he talking about? You know, like, uh, yeah. <laughs> cause, cause there's, he's just doing, there's zero motion capture for Rocket, right? Like it is all. There is motion capture for Rocket. It's not done by Bradley Cooper though. It's done by Sean oh. Gunn, the guy who plays Kraglin. Um, how have I James Gunn's brother also. until now? No wow. I had no, I thought it was just, I, I didn't think there was any yep, motion oh, capture at all for him. Okay. Cause, cause I guess the, the picture I always have of Rocket behind the scenes is whenever Drax pets him on the back of the head and Drax is just, you know, petting whatever, like a green something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, it's nothing's actually there. No, it's, it's Sean Gunn. Uh, it's Sean Gunn in a green morph suit. Oh, my Sean God, Gunn that's actually right. Lo- he oh actually loves when he's trapped he, behind his ears. He is yeah. in that picture, isn't he? Like, yeah. Oh, my yeah, no, God. Like that, I don't that's know why. Little, like, I just... That is who's doing the body of Rocket oh. is Sean Gunn. My um, God, I morphed that picture and Daenerys touching the tennis ball tennis for ball. Drogon yeah. probably is like what yeah. what happened. But yeah. Ne- yeah, because definitely he. that's why I remember that picture is because it's like, oh, wait, that's no, a there's some dude, funny fucking you know? behind the scenes pictures with yeah. Sean Gunn in them. Uh, I, 
I was wow. gonna say I heard I heard uh I heard he watched like a hundred hours of raccoon film to, to figure out how to do it. That's outstanding. Wow. Ain't nothing no, like I, me I, except me. Um, I made that up. What's that? I yeah, made like that up. I don't know. I was just trying to get Joe going. Like, oh my gosh! No, he's. I mean, he's been called. That's the one thing, though. He's been called. Like, you gotta imagine, dude's been called everything, every kind of animal there is. And I guess maybe there's different animals for different planets and everything. And Peter Quill might be the first guy from Earth that rockets ever encountered. I don't know. I gotta. Um, uh, this is one of those examples of something that they bend the continuity quite a bit. Um, they show in Guardians oh, yeah. of the Galaxy 3 that he is definitely around a lot of other animals that are just like him. Uh, mm-hmm. He does not know that they're called raccoons because he kind of discovers true. that at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy 3 whenever he looks at the side and it says raccoons and he's like, whoa, so I am mm-hmm. a raccoon. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay. However, he was the only raccoon that was turned into that. So ain't nothing like me except me still works. You know, like that, like I said. Bending continuity, not breaking it. You know, it's mm. uh, it's something that tell they me, do a really good job at. Tell um, me another galaxy-saving raccoon out there other than Rocket. Um, can't off the top of my head. Uh, don't know that they've done that. Uh, besides this one, I feel like he's uh, he's he's uh, he stands alone. And I'd say Howard the Duck comes closest, and he's a duck. He's a duck. So, yeah, from a planet of ducks, he wasn't like cybernetically changed into a duck. Um, to a walking and talking duck, Damn. I should say. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah Rocket. No. Man. No, but watching him like with through that lens, like just through the lens of having Volume Three, mm-hmm. um, it it is, it is, it hits hits a little different. Um, and maybe that's why I, I focused much more on Bradley Cooper's performance. Oh, I don't know, but no, I yeah, mean, no. like I did too. I was curious because, like, I I. There is a framing after Volume 3, and you'll find it in Volume 2. Volume 2 is when I really started to be like that end scene where they're at Yondu's funeral, and he's like, uh, he did this, and he did that, and they still came. You know, they came. They all came. You know, mm-hmm. like, uh, just, you start to feel for him a little bit more on a a little bit of a more meaningful level, and I think that the evolution this character sees is surprisingly compelling on paper. You would not guess that one of the most fulfilling character arcs in these comic book movies and the entire MCU would be a talking raccoon, but uh, alas, here we are. Um, yeah. That's, you know, my, uh, my performance, I actually ended up going with Zoe Saldana as Gamora. I thought she was so damn good. Uh, I've had a crush on Gamora for 10 years. Um, ever since I was 14 sitting yep. in that movie theater, I was like, wow, pretty green chick. Um, Badass, pretty green chick yeah, as well. Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah, she is. No, this very earned, earned here. And yeah, I, no, think, and, I mean, like, yeah, obviously, I reduced it to uh, she's she's attractive. That's uh, much more than that. Much more than that. Oh, uh, no. She's she's so damn good in this movie, man. There's uh, there's multiple scenes where I think that again in a movie that is so funny and balances a lot of tones, she's responsible for that balance in a lot of situations. You know, like she is able to ground scenes that have a lot of comedy in them and bring them back down to earth and kind of be like, mm-hmm. well, wait a second yeah. or not back down to earth, I guess back, back down, down to, to whatever their are. earth um, is. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, wherever they might be back down to there. Um, yeah. but you know, she says kind of ground them and set them up in the right direction. You know, it's a, it's a little bit of that. And to connect her to another green chick in a galaxy far, far away, Harris Sindela. 
you know, a little bit of a little hey. bit of a mom of the mom of the group here. Um, mm-hmm. kind of yeah, directing little, them in the right the right spot. More honest, Hera. You know, if Hera was just blatantly honest and said what she wanted to say, this is kind. Of, yeah, maybe maybe Gamora um, makes sense there. There's yeah, also like, a touch more. You know, like Gamora's got. She's clearly honorable. She wasn't gonna let Ronan get away with this shit. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. And you know, Thanos is probably not the easiest guy to overthrow. She's probably wanted to be like, "Hey, yeah, this isn't the best situation. I would prefer not to be." But Thanos is kind of forcing me to do everything that I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there is is that angle. But no, I I I do I do think you're right. Like it. We said how everyone else kind of has this comedic background in which she really doesn't, but she comes in and and holds her own um, against everyone else. And, you know, like the lines where she says, like, I'm going to die surrounded by the biggest idiots in the galaxy. You know, Mm -hmm. like it's like lines like that or or just moments where everyone's doing their thing and then she's the one that's kind of every scene she's mm-hmm. in like and that's that's what i kind of noticed about this watch is that if she's if she's in a scene the scene is better for it you mm-hmm. know um like mm-hmm. the one of my favorite scenes in the movie is out on that balcony between uh peter and her mm-hmm. uh yeah. where he introduces her to music and he tells her the tale of a planet is a story from his planet uh, it's called <laughs> footloose um I loved that shit, you know, and the way that she kind of has this reluctance and then, you know, she gives in for a second, but she can't let herself get washed away. But I love it. I love it. It's and it's really well performed by her. And again, with a lesser actor, it could it could fall flat. You know, it could fall in sort of a way that's like. a What's this dude got that she's really given into right now, you know, Uh, but she she sells that a little bit, you know, um. And I, I dig it. I dig it a lot. And so I, I there is a, there's a great like contrast within that scene as well, because I don't know if that's the right way to describe it, but rocket at the same time as that scene's going on is like having a very tough time, traumatic kind of rehashing with the whole vermin rodent thing that Joe talked about earlier. Like there's such a, like, I don't know, just the, the, bounce from that to that so mm-hmm. quickly it just kind of i don't know paints i guess you know where each of these characters are at at this point and it feels so real and the change in emotion is just so abrupt that like almost the same way gamora snaps out of that moment like you know i still want to hang on to that for a second and then all of a sudden rocket has this whole thing going on and it's very you know i guess Gotta take care Emotional, of the kids. I guess in that yeah, moment, were, and so it just pulls everything, drunk. like you said. I mean, ground and stuff, and it there's that contrast is just wild to me. Uh, like the I don't know, it just hits hard. I guess just because of what you're the soft gentle gentleness of what's happening outside with these two characters, and then on the inside, um, bad bad things are. There's happening. always such a there's always such an emphasis on character in every interaction. No interaction is without purpose every single like that entire sequence where we go from that scene on the balcony which is crucial character work for peter and gamora we go straight inside where we get crucial character work for rocket we go straight from there to the collector where we then get crucial character work for drift so it's like one to to the next where everyone is getting a little bit 
a little bit, a little bit, a little bit more, you know, I, I love it. Mm -hmm. My favorite shot actually comes amidst all that. Um, I'd never noticed it before. And I was just kind of like, Oh damn, that was Mm -hmm. pretty. Um, it's when they kick, they kick tracks out. They're like, uh, you know, go fucking do your shit. We'll, we can handle this. And, uh, he goes to the communications officer and is like, I need you to send a message for me. Uh, but it's when he holds the knife to the guy's throat and they're like, bathed in whatever the imagery of the computer screen is like that lighting mm-hmm. on them with an all black background just gorgeous fucking loved it well know uh, something so awesome about this shot is usually i look for a shot in a movie that like it it stands out and i'm like ooh, that's the one that's the one for me never in a movie have i had a shot in which i went ooh, that's the one colton is going to pick I like I I saw it come up and I'm like I'm checking the sheet. I'm like that has to be it. I don't like I it was just kind of this instantly I knew uh whenever it came up and I'm like if if he didn't pick it then maybe it just has to be mine and then I saw on the sheet that it was it and I'm you like know okay, me too well at this point. This, you know my was, tastes, you know yeah. you know what I'm into. Uh, <laughs> uh, cuz it was a no-brainer, man. Like I had another shot in and then that came up and I was like never mind, this is good. Uh hmm. you know, I was oh, like yep, that's wow. one. So depending uh, on when I check the sheet, it could have been different. It could have been something earlier. It could have been something earlier, but uh Okay. Um, yeah, no, I was a sucker for that. Uh, huh. What about you guys? Favorite shots? Let's start with Kyler. What was your favorite shot in the movie? It's it's the one with Gamora and Star Lord. There's a still kind of from like a up shot angle, I guess, in the just the cosmos behind, and then mm-hmm. the the Walkman. Like it's when he's, I think, like reaching, and there's just this like childlike wonder almost in Gamora's eyes of like she has no idea what's like coming at her and Peter looks so round and the song the the shot's fine I mean the sound though is great the scene is itself probably one of if would be close to mine anyway but um there's just such a purity in those emotions I feel like we can all relate to that where like you've been Peter Quill where you're showing someone something that means so much to you and that look of like I really can't wait for you to hear this. And like, I can't wait to see your reaction. Like it's it, that pure feeling like we've all felt that. And then you've also been Gamora in this instant where someone's taking that same level of care to show you something. They're so breaking down and care so much about. And it, it just, that scene, it, that one shot, it's all mm. captured right there. I it, love you that. could still it and you could see all of that. You know, if you'd I seen this movie choice. once and, uh, it's great. I, I it, oh, yeah. it was. I said it before we talked or I watched it. I said I can't wait till we get to that part because that always stands out to me. It's always my favorite, and I just uh, God, song I love choice, that. man. James Gunn's song choice, and oh, especially in oh, within God. Guardians. I don't know. He just Certainly. he knows the perfect song for the perfect time, and yeah, fooled around and fell in love. I mean, just enhances mm. that moment mm. so it much does, there. It, and not only is that such a strong moment for both of them, it it flips a trope we've seen in the MCU on its head, where um, the universe gets larger for somebody, and they're in awe of this thing they've never even considered. The, the universe is actively getting smaller for Gamora in this moment. It becomes mm-hmm. more intimate. It becomes something she's never really considered it could be. And she, yeah. and to watch, again, another reason I went with Zoe Saldana is because she's the reason I'm getting that from this scene is that like mm-hmm. she's got this sort of like Kyler said, this childlike wonder in her that's kind of like, oh, I've, 
Is this the first song she has ever listened to? She said to? something about how she's ne- she doesn't like, listen to music or she has the never melody is nice, you know. Yeah, like the, me- she's the melody is quite pleasing. Yeah, yeah it's uh, uh it, it's really good, you know. I I yeah. love that stuff. So it, it flips that like Jane going to Asgard for the first time, and all of a sudden everything's mm. different. Everything's bigger. Everything's she nothing will ever be the mm. same. Nothing will ever be the same for Gamora yeah. after this, and it's for a completely. Uh, the opposite reason a smaller more intimate thing and i love that that's uh no i you nailed that yeah it she's so cold that so many that you can understand why she's so cold to everything you know given her background and especially when you think of the introduction with her with nebula and thanos all there and just how she is when um you know kind of all of those moments where she just lets the coldness come across like it just gets broken down so beautifully in that scene mm. and you know it just makes everything that happens in the the rest of the trilogy watching it from this angle um or i guess well maybe not the trilogy but you know i i guess the trilogy i would say even the the thing i i will give credit to how badly infinity war jacked it up it allowed chris pratt to really display the importance of first edition gamora is that horrible to say say it that way no, i don't, no, I don't know I, but, like um, the infinity war threw a wrench into this trilogy but like joe said it with the story they are telling it does make sense that that's the the route they went you know if anything Endgame really fucked that um when they were mm-hmm. like here she is again but she's not the same. Not Kicking the same him person. in the nuts oh. twice. Um, you know, yeah, and again, just, understandable. It's the choice yeah. to brought her back at all. Um, like, uh, mm-hmm. okay, uh, so yeah. And again, we we will get to Guardians three, and we'll be able to talk about that more at length. I do ultimately think that how it's handled is handled well. Um, it, it's handled extremely well. I think they did about as good as they possibly could have mm-hmm. with that being kind of the circumstance. I just always think it's hysterical. There's a uh, Michael Mann actually uh, has talked about how he loves the guardians of the galaxy movies. Um, he, it but tastes- he does not like, he doesn't like volume three and it's because he's not watched other MCU movies. He has no idea why Gamora is a different fucking person. Oh um, no. Oh, yeah. No. So like uh, that's, that's the idea that it's like, for anybody just trying to watch these movies, mm-hmm. you can't just watch Guardians of the Galaxy 1 through 3. If you don't know anything about the universe, you cannot just do that. And that sucks. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that does suck. Um, you And uh, you can't do that with Iron Man 1 through 3 either. You know, like, you can't really do that. Like, it's cool that we have this big connectivity and everything all weaves and mm-hmm. it's good. But there is an inaccessibility at a certain point where like, if you're not going to watch all of it, it's going to be hard to watch any of it. Um, Damn it. That's that's just starting here. And we are how many movies in now? Uh, 24, maybe. No, that seems low. Um, Uh, Yeah. 24 was that end game. So like 30. Yeah. um, Holy crap. 30. Yeah. yeah, Cause um, I mean, it's a lot, it's a lot, Um, but yeah, no, but regardless, I think that what Zoe Saldana manages to do in this movie and in the next and in volume three, you know, like she had a tough job in volume three. Like that's not like to all of a sudden kind of be playing who she is at the beginning of yeah, this movie after having evolved with that character so much. And um a weird no, universe I, I to think, have to be in, you know, to have mm-hmm. to play a character and having just to think about all of the 
the history that is known for the character and what they've mm-hmm. gone through. It's, it's not like any other movie where it's like, okay, there's just this no, this unknown history that, you know, no one really knows, but here you go for, you know, to know your character. But no, it's when you come into an MCU movie, it's like you have to know every little action that your character has taken in order to truly know who that character is. And I don't know, I feel like they're... It's almost yeah, it's like so much, it's so much. Yeah. I'm so glad. I want Zoe Saldana to be in a little bit more stuff. It's just so incredible that she's been in like four of the five highest grossing movies of all time. Uh, she's been in four billion dollar movies with Infinity War, Endgame, Avatar, and Avatar Two. Um, maybe just retire. Uh, I don't know. Got the like fucking bag, dude. Maybe, yeah. Maybe uh, like, you just got enough at that point. I don't know. She's, she's so like, good as Natiri in the Avatar movies. Like she is the reason I watch those damn. movies. She's so fucking good. Um, regardless, damn, we, need, we need some more of her. Uh, just her Human. actual face. Yeah, yeah let's uh, not uh, covered up. Uh, let's, really good at know. playing uh, aliens. Uh, to be sure, yeah. but uh, she's got her bag yeah. right now. Yeah. Uh, Really random, but have you guys ever seen the movie The Terminal with Tom Hanks? Terminal years ago, but it's been a long. I haven't, I haven't actually seen it. I've just seen people post clips of it on Twitter because it's like it'll show the real guy too and what that all was about. She's actually in that movie. I I just wanted to say it because I I was on a streaming platform and it came up and I watched the trailer, Mm. and then like Mm. randomly she just pops in at the end as like a. I don't know, an officer there, a TSA officer or something. Okay. Yeah, the most – I recognize her most but recently. Just speaking from the of humanoid T-Mobile. face, I just wanted to throw that out the there. T-Mobile I, I, yep, T-Mobile where she's in the big <laughs> white action. jacket. Um, yeah. Uh, it's extremely you know. funny to me that they were like uh, – that that was a choice that T-Mobile made because Zoe Saldana is not necessarily a recognizable face even though she's in so many of the most – popular movies of all mm-hmm. time like that's it's yeah. i love that choice i love zoe saldana so I'll, i'm always there for it i just thought that marketing wise fascinating mm-hmm. um but yeah she's uh she's really good i feel like she's she's been in you know obviously some of that stuff but uh she's she's too damn good man so i'm i, I mean the adam project a couple years ago i'm not Ooh. exactly a huge fan of that movie but yeah. ryan reynolds mark ruffalo she's in that um okay uh yeah, but uh, what about what about you, Kyler? Who was your favorite performance of the movie? I know me and Joe have given ours. I, I have it down to two, and I don't know how I can choose. But I I gotta go, Chris Pratt. I just feel like he's given so much more for the first time in an MCU movie for the main kind of I guess uh, I don't know like male lead role like i feel like so oftentimes you get sorted into are you going to be funny or are you going to really give a lot and Mm -hmm. i feel like a lot of times those lines get really skewed in some of the the leads or at least in within certain movies maybe in their movies or whatever um i just feel like he really gets a lot to work with here and he just Mm -hmm. makes the most of it and I don't know. I I just I like Chris Pratt and and his humor. I guess in these movies, like it just nothing really clicked with me. Like I really liked Iron Man, but like Star Lord was like, man, that just feels like me personified a little bit. Like too, mm-hmm. like I saw way too much. Like as much as I wanted to maybe be Iron Man, 
felt like the more relatable thing, on, like the Kyler. goofiness. The goofiness Are you the kind of guy that has a girl in your ship and you don't even remember her name? Okay, you know, you okay. forget that she's in there. No, I'm playing. No, that, that's like the one. Car, I know. I don't. Record. The, huh? That's also Tony Stark for the record. That's um, fair. That is. Yeah, fair. Like uh, a, yeah he, no, but. He, he just owns that. He actually, that's that, like, he just knows that that is part he's of just, his He's but. really goofy, and he's unafraid to kind of, like, wear yeah. the emotion on his sleeve. Like, he'll, oh. he'll break down mm-hmm. with somebody before they will. Like, I, Colin, you described the group as kind of like a group of ragtag, scoundrel type. You know, he is the one that will lean into the emotion, the, the uh, appeal to the emotion, and just go for it before someone else. And that is something that I can really kind of, like, relate to i guess and you don't hmm. see that in mm-hmm. other lead yeah. guys in a lot of these movies so i would even i just really like that this point with robert downey jr chris hemsworth chris evans those are the three dude leads we've had so far i guess uh, technically huh guy and you know if you not want, a lead I though mean, not a lead oh, in his movie uh, okay um, yeah it hasn't had his own movie uh, yeah, ed, ed norton will be the other one okay. of those of and then this Chris Pratt gives the second best leading performance behind Robert Downey Jr. up to this mm-hmm. point. Um, like I love Chris Evans and I, I like Chris Hemsworth, uh, but they're they they don't have as much of a well rounded performance as Chris Pratt does in this movie. You know, I went with Chris Pratt as Peter Quill as my character because in 2014, like you said, I was kind of just like, whoa, you know, like I wanted to be. I wanted to be Andrew Garfield's Peter Parker. I really wanted that. I wanted I wanted to be Thor. I wanted this. Mm-hmm. But when I saw Peter Quill doing the dance battle to save the universe, I was oh, like he has the retro, he has the music me. taste. He has the rocket boots. He's got mm-hmm. the cool guns. He's got the women, you know. He's got he's everything he's got going for him. Uh the dude is I don't know, and he's also like a mama's boy, you know, like everything that I'm comes from him. It's like yeah. Oh, huge time. Uh, and that's my line is huge. It's kind of from it. It kind of encapsulates all of that. Um, it's you know at the beginning of the movie when he's getting the orb and what's his character name? Uh, something the Pursuer Core. Uh, fuck. Oh, Korath. Yeah, I put it down here. Korath the Pursuer. Yeah. Uh, interesting bit of trivia as well. He tried out for um Drax. Drax. Yeah. By the way. And so then, did Chadwick Boseman. Um, well, tried out for Drax. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. That would have been. They they were like, hey, hold on we're a second. Keep you in mind, but no. Yeah, not that. And then apparently, you you. You who wait. else was it? There was someone else. And then the guy who played Ronan tried out to be. Um, who did he try out to be? Lee Pace. He tried out to be. Yeah, That's- he tried out. He was trying to be somebody else, and they were like, "Ah, no." I think it was Quill, actually. I think it was Star Lord, um, and they're like, "No, we're gonna make you guys the villains of the movie, I guess." But you know, at first he's like, "I'm Star Lord," and they don't give him any attention. You know, they start mm-hmm. walking away. He's like, "Fuck!" But then the when they're back on Ronan's ship, and yeah. he, they come out, and uh, he says, "Star Lord," he goes, "Really?" But you know, it's like it's like this. It's supposed to be a badass moment of like you know, he's calling me my you know whatever. But he completely turns it into this, like, I don't know, kind of cr- like it's cringy that he even brings it up, you know, says finally. But it's like, no, no, I love that. Also, it's incredibly in character, that boyish enthusiasm mm-hmm. being like, yeah, 
oh, but then they finally know me, you know? At the end, though, whenever you hear the letter being read and then mm. it's my little Star-Lord, mm. it turns it into something else completely. Yeah, you know, you're like, you're like it, it's not just him being a little, you know, jer- or dorky. It's like, oh, dude, come yeah. on. It's like, man, that's what, what you know. called him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that's why I went with that. For the no, I'm glad you get... brought up Korath, though. There's a you know cool continuity thing with him being Kree and stuff. He uh, appears a couple years later in Captain Marvel as the same character uh, because mm. he is Kree and oh, he yeah. works with Maybe. with Carol Danvers. You know, like uh, that's, uh yeah, yeah he's no, just, so. they just got that age on him like that. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't even think about that. Um, how long is it? Just it's not forever, right? It's just Kree. Because, well, yeah. Well, I guess Ronan seemed to be immortal or something because he's like, "You're mortal," or maybe was that just because they wielded the stone and he was like, "That was just because they wielded the stone." Uh, so uh, even he needed like a fucking too. thing, yeah. Okay. To, uh, have this like he couldn't just carry it. Okay. He had to have it in his fucking shit. Um, That's fair. That's fair. Because uh, because when he said that, I was like, "Are you implying that you're immortal yourself, or just that you're in shock he's that they're got, able he's definitely to got something else going on as well?" There's there's a complicated stuff. There's complicated stuff with Kree lore uh, in the MCU specifically that Agents of Shield tries to dive into a little bit. Um, hmm. The the blue Kree versus like the Jamon Honsu human yeah. type Kree, like there's something different there. Um, and I'm not sure exactly what the blue Cree have going on that makes them so much more powerful, but they got something, uh, regardless. Uh, I think that Lee Pace's Ronan is kind of an overhated, not overhated. People say he's like underutilized, kind of useless. I'm like, I think he's a good perfect villain for the movie. Villain. Yeah. Perfect for the movie. What do you want Thanos to be the villain for this movie? Like he can't be yet. This is the perfect like seed plant as well to be like mm-hmm. even Ronan, the big villain of this movie, is still just a pawn for Thanos. You know, it puts Thanos on an even higher level, which I thought was really cool. Um but the like a perfect argue- betrayal. Like him just being like, I have the stone, why do I need you? And then showing what happens mm-hmm. if you, you know, if you still do that, it didn't end up well for him. Uh, I thought, I don't know. I thought he's perfect for the movie. Good. I know. And I would argue too, that like you get like Ronan's not there at the beginning when Corvath is there. That's a representative of Ronan. So it, I, there, I guess there are moments, mm-hmm. but Gamora is also technically a villain at the beginning, or at least led sure. on to, you know, believe that. So you're talking about like, He's kind of got wards that do do his bidding, I guess. You know what I mean? And so it's not like where I guess if you want just Ronan, you don't have Gamora integrated quite in the Mm -hmm. way that you do or you don't have Corvath doing anything at the beginning. And ultimately, at the end of the day, this is the origin story of characters that if people thought that nobody read Iron Man comics, I would be willing to bet that the percentage of people who had read Guardians comics was slim to none. These were nobodies. These were so. You're basically asking people to come around to you know what? Like, how can you kind of have this interpretation that you need more Ronan when we need to know the characters? Uh, and mm-hmm. James Gunn really makes sure that you feel like you do. And I would never ever sacrifice that for more Ronan. That's 
And I mean, the, the stuff they do with Ronan is still fucking cool. His introduction when he like <clears throat> destroys that yeah. fucking guy, um, and then watches his blood run. Like it, he was, pre- he was getting prepared for this moment. Like he was yeah. getting bathed by his people. He's like, oh, just wait, man. I'm about to, sick. I'm about no, to get on, get on this shit with you. A lot and of then the he agree with him is also the coolest in the movie. Like, yes, whenever he gets the hadron collider thing, fucking shot at him and then he the the stones glowing in his hammer and he's he like mm-hmm. emerges from the sh- like fucking dope Ro- yeah, you know Ronan like, stuff uh, reminds me of dune sometimes like especially his mm. bathing sequence and stuff yeah, like that kind very of very harkon encoded yeah sure. uh kind of felt like that but i'd say it maybe one thing they could have done with ronin is have him destroy a moon or a planet with the power stone like just like it was the threat and he was about to do it that was his goal but like if we see it done like a moon i think would have been perfect because like even rocket says a line of like you know can we blow up a moon and gamora's yeah. like we're not this blowing up you want to blow up a moon yeah. yeah she's like no we're not blowing up moons and then she's like, ah, he's like you're rocket movie's also already two hours long as it is like i don't know yeah. if anything and, yeah. and we talked about how i mean the kiln 27 minutes in like you're, you're that's how far in you are 25 or whatever it was um mm-hmm. like this movie had plenty going for it there's no need i don't think I, there was no but, missing yeah. part more of just ronin to establish in, in how threatening ronin could be like i yeah. think the Dude, i'm gonna be honest there. i put in i put in the notes for this one the the first part where he kills that uh zandarian just slaughters mm-hmm. him in cold blood and then the imagery of the blood running down the whatever into the middle where he literally had just bathed himself like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Guess, yeah. Are we implying that this guy bathes in the blood of his victims? Like, yeah. whoa. Like, maybe that's <laughs> like, what gives him his power. That did it maybe for me. I was yeah, told. I, I was like, yeah, if he says he's going to blow up a whole population, he probably fucking do it. Like, look at him. He, he's clear, quite clearly no, yeah. about that. He, he plays the good genocidal maniac. Like they, they, they yeah. don't, they don't play that down by any means. Uh, it was, just because yeah. it happened fast doesn't the mean the idea it is like <laughs> Nebula's like oh you know if if I think I don't know what the condition was but like I'll give you a thousand planets if if this happens or I'll um, give you it, a thousand planets you know it seems seems that Ronan has been doing this um, you know people wouldn't be af- this afraid of him uh, like the Zandarian culture wouldn't fear him like they do I don't think if he hasn't wiped out a few planets before or civilizations already. You know, and a lot of it was just kind of word of mouth. And maybe if, if like he does destroy a moon, you know, it does show his power and give Rocket a perfect line, you know, being like, hey, he got to destroy a moon, you know, sort of thing. There's cool world building come Captain Marvel whenever the Kree are revealed to be the villains, you know, like Mm -hmm. of that movie. You kind of like already know they're villains from Guardians of the Galaxy. So you're kind of like, what's going on here? And then they. I mean, Jude Law is reporting to Ronan uh, on mm. their okay working on their genocide of the scrolls. Like they're like, uh, you That's know, wipe true. out the scrolls, destroy their planets. You know, so like there are like civilizations are aware of the Kree Empire and are aware of Ronan having at the head of it. You know, um, mm-hmm. so I think uh, you know, obviously there's there's a lot this movie had to do, and I think it does more than enough to satisfy. Um, and I, I enjoy Lee Pace a great deal, and I think he's really good as Ronan. So I, I always, I'm also never a big fan of the underutilized criticism. Like, uh, hmm. uh, no, that is interesting. Like, there's only one dude in the MCU who I could 
absolutely see being defined as underutilized. And that's Christian Bale as Gore. That's it. Um, beyond that, Ultron. Um, but that, I'm not not performance wise. James Spader as Ultron is well utilized in that movie. Oh, you know, okay, like, uh, okay. Oh, I see. I see the nature of the question now. Yes, and now I'm I, talking more about the performer than I am the character. Okay. That's say. a good one. Um, gore. Christian Bale is Gore. That is a yeah. A big that one. is a terribly underutilized. And there, I mean, like there is a bigger underutilization within this movie. I would argue, and that's uh, Glenn Close as uh, Nova Prime fantastic it's crazy to me that she it's crazy to me that she is in this movie almost like as if it was like Mm -hmm. a gag i mean i get john c Riley in that kind Mm -hmm. of a capacity of role but glenn close is like she must have just really wanted her name in this shit because there is no way that she got that little to work with i don't know joe did you ever watch uh, the live action 101 dalmatians when we were when you were younger dude yeah Cruella, oh, man. She was bringing that shit. God. Yes. What? Yep. That's Cruella de Vil right what? there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, okay. Wow. That's incredible. It's yeah. incredible. I can still learn things about this movie. And not to just um, say that that's all she's time. done. She's no, no. She's much more. I was just giving yeah. Joe an example yeah. of what he would probably know Glenn yeah. Close from. And that performance uh. is crazy. She, she is. Oh, she's. Yeah. In, I mean, I don't want to yeah. undersell the value of her as Cruella yeah. Deville either. Like let's, she's fucking let's good. Let's toe this line uh, very carefully. Let's toe wow. this line very carefully. Yeah. No. Okay. No, she is great, man. She is great. I, I. It is funny you brought that up because I had just thought about that and to think that she basically gets slaughtered like within a month of when that happened at the end of this movie, or at least I think that's like roughly the time. That's the lore. That, yeah. That, that was... This, this planet ends up getting destroyed by Thanos anyway, um, which is, yeah. right. and she's just gone, oh just God. gone, just like that. That's right. Yeah. I forgot. I mean, the power stone is there, you know, that... Thanos got it. So it was one they didn't even show him get. He just got nope. it off screen. Homie was just like, that one was easy. He's like, damn, I asked so many people to go down there and get it for me. None of them fucking did. Is that literally what got Boy. him to say, fine, I'll do it myself? Is that, is this a literally? That might the, be where he goes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Is the, cause he has, is it power and space stone? Are those the first two that he gets? Well, um, this is the power stone. Yes. So he, but I think is the first time we see him with the gauntlet. I think he has two already. Um, I'm not not sure. just one. Anyway, yeah, I guess uh, we will. We'll get there. But yeah, we got the. Is that the post credit scene for this? That's the post credit scene for Age of Ultron. Yeah. That okay. Uh, that, that is, what was this post credit scene? Uh, oh, um, Groot just. Yeah, Groot doing his whole dance. Um, and then, oh, yeah. it goes back to the collector and Howard the Duck. That's right. Uh, it's just yeah. the collector. Nothing, nothing universe yeah. implicating in the post credit okay. scenes in this yeah, one. Yeah. Um, okay. But uh, yeah, no, I, I'm a sucker for this movie, man. I think that you know, I, I had a tough time like splitting up favorites because like a lot of my favorite scenes came with my favorite lines, and my lines came with my favorite scenes, and it was so. Mm-hmm. What I went for with for my line is just the classic, the name drop, you know. You said it yourself, bitch. We're the guardians of the galaxy. Fucking Hell love yeah. it. And just the Title power card. of that moment, the Title power card. of that fucking, the team up, them joining hands. The oh. Tyler Bates going absolutely fucking ham on the score there. Oh, my God, does that scene yeah. rock. Yeah. 
Oh man. And and that's give it to Chris Pratt right there. I like that's a cheesy line to say, but he actually like delivered it in such a good He's delivering like, it with fucking power, dude. You mm-hmm. said it yourself, bitch. Like power bitch, stone. Fucking yeah, he is yeah. they are infinite power right now. I mean like that I thought at first, like whenever the the collectors uh I don't want to call her a servant girl. That just sounds bad but like she is uh, yeah but like she's actually quite literally a slave so yeah but whenever she grabs it and it starts to just kind of destroy everything around her i thought that maybe that was actually her wielding the stone like and and not Um, just the innate ability of the stone like it just that that just happens every time someone touches it um but i thought it would be kind of cool if like that was just her like wielding it being like i'm gonna destroy your whole collection like that's Mm -hmm. the only thing i can think to kind of do at the time. We got but a cool that, little uh, lore connection there. A dark elf is one of his prime collector's items um, from Thor: The Dark World. One of the elves is one oh. of his. It's like the th- it's like the most prominently featured piece yeah. every time he's on screen. Um, I guess the Reality Stone is still chilling there. Like as well, he just got that from from the Asgardians. You know, from Sif yeah. and and Balon. Uh, uh, Balon Skull. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know why I, I went there. I just don't know his his character name in, in I can't Marvel. Either. It's like, um, yeah, fuck it. I don't know. One of them. Uh, yeah. one of Thor's. Ray Thor's Stevenson. Boy. Yeah, but uh, no, I, I yeah, just the I, I it was kind of funny that they just didn't bring up the other stone at all, and maybe it's just he doesn't want people to know He's that keeping he, it to himself. You, you know? know, yeah, it's like this is his private, very private collection. Uh, you mm-hmm. don't really want to let everyone know whenever Thanos is going around trying to collect them all at the same time, maybe. I guess maybe not a good competition or a good yeah, field. Yeah, it's cool the way Thor the Dark World and this kind of work in conjunction to build the lore of the... Because inf- Odin explains, you know, like, uh, there mm-hmm. were six stones that were relegated to the... You know, like, because uh, at yeah. the, the post credit scene in Thor the Dark World is the collector going, one down, five to go. You know, like he wants all of the stones. That is one of his yeah. goals. Uh, Dude's the collector. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's what he's gonna do. This is this would be the thing to collect in the yeah. universe. This, I mean, how could you? How could you not? Ima- imagine that. What if? Like, what if the collector actually just just finished his collection? No, and instead, uh, what would he do? What if? What if the collector was just jacked? What if he was just huge? Yeah, that he doesn't like in comics. Is he? Does he have any abilities, or is he actually just he just collects shit? And he largely unfamiliar with Tenelier Tavon when it comes to the mm. comics. I'm not entirely sure. Um, Be kind of yeah, funny if, if like he just has abilities and he he's just I don't know because he, he negotiation. Would, yeah, he's just the art of the deal. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah, the art of the deal. Yeah, he's yeah. perfect. Perfect timing. Uh, my master uh, wants me is uh, sending me to come get you now. Right, at, right. Whenever you're all in. Yeah, no, I love, I love chaos. the idea of everyone in the bar being like, "Are these the fucking main characters? What the fuck is this?" Like, they're all arguing. Everybody's listening. They're like, "Whoa, this is this is heavy shit." Uh, damn. Yeah. And then someone walks in and is like, "You four, we need you. The collector wants to see you." And they're like, "Damn, bro, everybody, they're famous, you know." Like, they're. Uh, <laughs> I, I love, I love extras. I love background actors, and there's a lot of really great ones in this movie. Uh, just specifically in the kiln, and then in this bar, in, in this bar, dude. Uh, 
Yeah, in the film, is the guy who takes P- uh, Peter's Walkman, is that the guy, this is going to sound bad, he's got the cross eye in all the Sandler movies? I can't, I can't tell if his eye in the kiln is quite Wait, going like yo, that, but I swear it, looks, it is. He looks oh, so dude. familiar, and is. I'm glad you're bringing this up. Great, the crazy guy, and like, uh, or like he's he's a. Uh, Oh my God. You know, I mean, he's he, as bad as it is, man. The Sandman puts all his friends in there, but it's kind of messed up. He makes this guy, unless, does he actually have a oh like crazy guy like that? I mean, I don't, I don't really know. Name? I'm probably. Just, oh my God, grown ups. He's in grown ups, right? With mm-hmm. with yeah, Adam he's, Yeah, he's in like all of them, man. I don't know. Um, Waterboy, like Steve Buscemi. No, Beck? not Steve. No, is that who you're talking Steve about? Buscemi. No, no, no. Okay. we're familiar with Steve. He's Buscemi. a bigger guy. He's a, yeah, oh yeah. Okay, then I okay, I, that's who I thought you were talking about. I'm like, wait a minute, no way, dude. Um, okay, that's okay, that's oh, why I th- that's why I was laughing Steve. so much. Uh, because I thought that that's that's who you're referring no, to. No, but yeah, there I, is an Adam know. Sandler movie with with Steve Buscemi where I think he does have a lazy eye or something like that, so I know what you're talking about, but no, it's not him. Yeah, I wonder how we would find that actor. Like, what role in this movie do you think he played? Like, uh, prisoner. God. Early no, he was he was the guy who took he was the guy who took the Walkman from Peter the Walkman. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm just trying to look on IMDb like prison guard. There's there's some guys that are credited as as uh, you know just either prisoners or prisoner guard. I just don't know what he would be. Yeah, um, like named. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm looking the the closest. Oh, mean guard. I think is who we're looking at. Ooh, that could be it. Yeah, yes. Spencer Walkman, not. Not in that. He does play Darth Vader in Rogue One, actually. Fun fact. Uh, um, wow. Interesting. <laughs> okay. Dude, I've, I'm going to be honest. I've, I've wondered this for a while. Like, since the first time I probably watched this movie. Uh, wow. So I'm, I'm assuming that's who he is. He's got really spaced out eyes. I don't mean to, like... Yeah. But, you know. Hey, I, I, I took it there. If anything, this is on me. Yeah, I, I took it there. So yeah, that's uh, it. It's yeah. Spencer Wildling. He's also he's also super tall, like the dude from Grown Ups with with the lazy eye. Yes, I like. Wow. Yeah, no, not wow. him. This guy did play Darth Vader. Oh, no. So there's, is there's he the, in the hallway? Is he the yes, guy in the hallway going the Darth ham? Vader. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. Okay. Legend. This, here. So that the guy I'm talking about is Jonathan Luf, uh, Luf, Lufren. Lufren, I don't know. I think it's anyway, Lufren. yeah, yeah. I'm glad we cleared that up because I've wondered this for a while. And I can't I, wait. He looked so familiar, and obviously, I did not recognize him as Darth Vader, given he wears a mask. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, no, that you scratched the itch. That is who wow. he reminded me of. So I'm glad. I'm glad you said wow. so. Um, okay. um, no, but. Uh, I want to. I want to loop it back to favorite lines. How? What? What? What is everybody's favorite line from this movie? We'll start with Kyler. Um, there, there's a lot of good deep stuff in here, admittedly, and there's also a lot of good comedic lines. But there was one that jumped out at me. <laughs> there was one that jumped out at me um, on this watch. I I don't know how I missed this, but it's when they're talking about their plan uh, at towards the end of the movie, and. Rockets like, or oh, actually, it's when they're about to blow up the Ravager ship to get Peter out of there. That's their plan, and they're okay. talking about like your plan was to blow us up. And then 
Rocket's like, we didn't have time to work out the minutia of the plan. This is what we get for being altruistic. And then Groot goes, I am Groot. And he's like, they are ungrateful. Yeah. That shit cracked me up, man. That banter right there between those two. Like, oh, it just, it killed me. Going back I don't know to what how Joe said it. a little bit ago about knowing what my favorite shot would be, I knew for a fact your favorite line delivery was Bradley Cooper saying, Minutia. I knew for a fact you loved that moment. I don't know how I knew it, but I was, yes, you. I was like, that's, <laughs> I was like, Kyler's going to fucking love that. Uh, Dude, uh, it just, I, I don't know how I missed it too, because like it, it would have jumped at me, but for some reason, I guess I must have spaced off in that one moment during. In the couple the times I rewatched, because today it just it killed me, man. I was laughing so hard. The minutia, minutia. Yeah, how do you spell minutia? It's and like I, it's like minute with an a between the t and the e. Yeah, yeah. Minu- okay, it looks yeah. like okay, I got it. Like minute, minute. Like um, lawyer speak. Looks like some yeah. lawyer speak or something. Yeah. I just minutia. wanted. To- yeah, they don't have it on IMDb. At least Minutia doesn't pop up on the quotes page. So I'd imagine that would be in the quote. You type page. in altruistically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was. Um, but no, that's that's. I mean, that's again why I just went with Bradley Cooper. Vocabulary like a lot of I and am and Groot and exclusively in that order. Yeah, <laughs> he's just he's too good. I don't know. He's I love great. every time he's he's talking. Um, but what about you, Joe? Yeah, what was your favorite line? I think I will. Yeah, not the Gamora. Um, we're just like Kevin. I think I'll, I will nail down the, uh, when Peter says finally after being called Star-Lord, uh, by, by Korath. Um, it's also a really well shot little moment too. I love the little zoom. Like James Gunn's really good with his camera work as well. I think Mm -hmm. that the way that the camera whips and pans is really, really compelling. It sets the tone in a really, really emphatic way. And that zoom in on Korath going Star Lord, and then the flipping it and zooming it on Chris Pratt and him going finally. It's it's so good. It's it, so great. Uh, well, I think it shows. It really demonstrates that, like, kind of like all of a sudden Korath is like, oh, it's Star Lord. This is a threat. Like, I, this is to be taken seriously. And then the confidence that that gives Star Lord, like, it sounds silly, but the, just the camera work of that and like the emphasis of the expression with Chris Pratt, like, you can feel both of those things very. Very easily, like I said, Chris mm-hmm. or James Gunn is just great at giving you easy to digest like um, emotion. That's not to say they're not complex in how they're achieved. It just is like it's so the way he does it, it feels simple. It, it, it's easy and it, it, it grips with you easily. Like it's there's very few movies who can try so simply, I guess, and and make you feel so deeply or understand things so. Mm you know well i guess um and i feel like he's constantly rewarding you for really giving the movie the attention it deserves like there are some marvel movies that are kind of like hey this is a good background one this can never be a background movie for me never every time i try it's just because there's too much to love in all of the movie that there's just no way you could possibly just like like i would be remiss if i watched it and then i was like oh man but i I didn't really watch the kiln part. I was kind of over there messing around, like, oh, shit. Or, too gravitating. You know, can't, can't look yeah. away. No, it's it's too good. Yeah, there's, like, I don't I think it's just, I don't know. I'm, I'm just so ready to see what James Gunn can do in the future. Like, because I, like, after seeing these movies, like, I, I trust this man, just how, how he goes about making a movie. 
Uh, because, like, usually a movie opens up, just not comic book movies, but most movies kind of open up with something traumatic happening to the main character. And usually you don't cry during that because you just met who the main character is. You don't even know what, you know, the trauma, you, you have no attachment really at all. But whenever, like, down at the beginning of this, yeah. yeah, this one's just kind of, no matter who you are, this is just going to hit you kind of right away. And it's like, it just, it, it gets you primed and ready. I don't know. It's like, yeah, oh, dude. And then coming back around, Gamora, you know, saying it. and That's mm-hmm. who he hears. That's who he sees in that moment. Like, dude, no, it's it's crazy that, like, in such a, a funny and crazy out there, out there movie that is is more comedic than anything. It it probably has the most emotional payoff out of any Up MCU movie. Point? Yeah, yeah, like for sure. And after it, yeah, probably. Like, yeah, yeah. There's there's no amount of attachment that I have that's anywhere close to these characters. Like I love Bro, Iron Man, and like I was not fucking with you last night when I said I was straight up like I felt like I was in mourning whenever the the Guardians of the Galaxy will return popped up i was like no they won't fuck you know i was Not like anymore <laughs> you know uh um, i was like they're gone they're gone but uh, we have the asgardians of the galaxy we'll have a new you know we'll have a new crew maybe uh who knows who knows what we'll we'll get into um in the future but no and that's you know we have the, their complete story maybe maybe it is time to let them go and and have have some new people come in and and I, I don't know it we got we got what we want you know one of the best trilogies there is in any comic any comic book trilogy any movie trilogy i'm uh, i'm confident is. we'll get more uh palm clementif as mantis i'm confident they literally mm-hmm. say star lord will return at the end of the guardians of the galaxy i think chris pratt's going to keep playing this character mm-hmm. i think karen gillian is going to keep playing nebula um, I doubt that that's going away anytime soon, but I am True. extremely confident Bradley Cooper, Dave Batista, and Zoe Saldana are never playing these characters again. Uh, I think that was that for them. Yeah. Um, for yeah. sure. Um, yeah, Batista, you know, that's, that's tough that I, I didn't, you know, you, you were saying the other day about how just the angle of physically having to play that role every time mm-hmm. and just getting older and how the just stress that that puts on your body. Well, and I think he starred in some other movies uh, that that well, he was in A twenty four, wasn't it? Or was it not? And Blumhouse, maybe the, I think I get him mixed up. I've been earlier this year. He, he in, yeah, Blade Runner twenty forty nine and and Last Onion, Last uh, Onion. I think he, yeah, I yes, I, mm-hmm. I think it's important for him to kind of like this this movie and trilogy was meant to be a jumping off point, I guess, for him. Like if you think about the uncertainty that it, there was no certainty about his acting career in any way. And this movie certainly set him up. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the, the place I, well, we'll get to that, I guess. The place where that character finishes. No, for sure. It's like, what's crazy life. about this movie in 2014 is that, like, what I knew coming into it was this is the Mar- this is the superhero movie with Tista in it. Because I was a WWE fan when I was younger. You know, like, I was like, I, I was wow, like, this yeah. Batista's going to be in this movie. That's going to be cool. You know, yeah, I was you have like, no idea who any of the characters are like whatsoever. You're like, I oh, hadn't watched at least Parks and Rec, yeah. so I barely knew who Chris Pratt was. You know, mm-hmm. I certainly didn't know Zoe Saldana because uh, I, nope. I hadn't even watched Avatar. Um, Bradley like, Cooper, I, knew Bradley I Cooper, taken her lead. I knew Bradley I'm, Cooper from The Hangover. I don't think I would have known he was playing the talking raccoon. Um, 
Yeah, exactly. We're 14 also at the time. So, like, even mm-hmm. if we watched The Hangover, we really didn't know what the fuck was really going on in The Hangover yeah. at this point yet. Well, I guess 14. For the most part, you do. You, yeah, guess... you understand what's happening. You don't understand the, like, uh, truly fucked up weight it'll carry on their life yeah. forever. Um, uh, yeah. But, uh, this is how he turned out. Uh, it, like, Bradley Cooper. In universe, this is just him after the the Hangover movies. He went. Well, I'm off, just looking at where Bradley Cooper is now. I don't think Man. he has any interest in playing Rocket the Raccoon again. I think he, I think he saw that character to the to its fullest potential, and he wanted to be able to. Has there ever been anyone in any MCU movie ever that you see less talking about it? Or being at events, or no, that's anything. a good point. That's a crazy uh, point. I mean, I would argue that, Vin yeah. Diesel, but like for a similar reason of like who really wanting to see Vin Diesel in regards to the Guardian stuff. Like you know, Groot's this- Groot's journey is just really you know, like he's he's. Yeah, doing how much can you really say? Yeah, like at a yeah. at a fan Me meetup, Groot, you're meeting you know, the Guardian. It's like, but oh, I would I argue that he's he, he's not necessarily commanding that kind of attention. Rocket certainly is, but I just don't. Yeah. I mean, you look at what he's doing. Uh, is it? I don't remember what it's called, but he's Maestro. Leonardo Bernini, Maestro. Yes. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. he that was he he produced or directed that movie as he well. He produced, correct? directed, and starred in that movie. Yeah. Uh, and a Star he, is Born uh, got Oscar nominated yeah, for exactly. that. Directed that. that. Like mm-hmm. it's just yeah, it's already done. done. No, he, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he has taken his career in a much distant path for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, and same with Dave Batista. Dave Batista looks like he's trying to angle himself into into a, a different yeah. type of role. You know, like it's really funny, Joe, because you mentioned this in one of the Iron Man, pods, I believe, about how like you know these movies have given some of these actors a great platform to kind of either in some cases start, in some cases rejuvenate. And in some cases, yeah. just the kind of, I guess, confidence and standing, whether it be in the industry or maybe even just financially to take these kinds of risks. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if you could say like Bradley Cooper has probably like built up some of the rapport, I guess, within the industry through how much his career has taken off. And credit to him because he has truly tried to separate i don't want to say separate like this isn't something to be proud of but like you just commented colton about how he doesn't really talk about it like Mm -hmm. he doesn't want it to be what he's known for but he will Mm -hmm. make sure that because of that he gives everyone something else to to know him exactly Exactly. Um, uh, i was listening to uh i'm listening to the book uh every man for himself and god against all written by Werner herzog who uh, you two will know as the client. That's right. Yeah. Uh, from I Mandalorian. I want um, to see the baby. I want to mm-hmm. see the baby. I just, I literally just listened to a chapter earlier today where he's like, uh, it's kind of bizarre. I've had this incredible career in film where I've directed all sorts of stuff. I've directed several operas. I've made several documentaries. And half the time I'm uh, people refer to me as the client from the Mandalorian. And he's like, I don't know how yeah. much I love that. You know, he's like, I don't know how much I love that, you know? And yeah. it's, uh, so it, it is fascinating to watch like, uh, 
the stuff that Dave Batista eventually gets to do with this character and what Bradley Cooper, you know, he shows flashes of this in the, in this character in this movie, but what he ends up being able to do and just, uh, them ultimately earning that leeway as performers and these characters earning that leeway as a result of their talent, really, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, if Dave Batista and Bradley Cooper don't have the chops, they don't become the characters they become, you know, like that's uh, I, I yeah, think that's I think, a fair, that's a fair assessment, you know? Yeah. And I, I think James Gunn probably deserves some credit because I don't know if there's many directors or producers who could, a give so much freedom, but also I don't know if motivate or give. He kind of you can feel like every performance in his movies, all of the characters, the confidence in which they are portrayed with the the just like there is never any moment where like something just feels like it's kind of missing that punch. I guess mm-hmm. there there are people who can't get that kind of performance for even just a a, a very heavy hitting scene out of there and and part of that is the vision that comes from the director like his you give them how you want it and then you let the people who know how to do it better than anyone you give them the confidence to you know you you help build them up and and build Mm -hmm. on that confidence to give you that and and the way that they want to it's theirs it's theirs Mm It, and that's it might so be important. his vision, but it's their performance. Mm-hmm. And he and that's marries so that in so comic well. book movies. That's that's where the this medium is speci- like that's obviously important in any movie production that the director needs to inspire their actors to believe in the product that they are going to be putting out. That that, that like the the sum total of your work is worthwhile and this isn't going mm-hmm. to be just some schlocky thing that you're doing. I'd say that's specifically important in this specific genre as being like i promise this is worth your time i promise this isn't going to be some like and i feel like james gunn when you look at his work across this trilogy uh when you look at the suicide squad and peacemaker and what he's able to get out of john cena and and margot robbie and idris elba and uh i mean shit in guardians 3 she would uh uh, she would tell ojafor and like all all these uh all these fantastic actors uh that buy in so completely it feels like it doesn't feel like anyone's phoning it in you know uh and that is a result of believing in the director and their vision for this movie you know and and that's well documented too mm -hmm, the the actors and actresses that work with and and alongside him like you rarely hear or see anything but just glowing kind of reviews of James Gunn and his, his, you know, strategies or methods and stuff. And dude hasn't um, missed. He hasn't no, really yeah, missed. He's, ever. I, I am really excited to see where he goes with this DC stuff. I think that DC arguably more so than Marvel. It is so important that the level of care and honor to the characters that you are working with, it, that is probably more singularly important with DC characters than it is with just about any Marvel character. Um, not to say that there aren't beloved like Marvel think, characters. I'd like to correct something I said. Uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor is not the high evolutionary. He plays uh, Moro or whatever in the Doctor Strange movies. It's Chukwudi Iwuji who plays the high evolutionary. I wanted to cor- wanted to correct myself. The CH at the beginning of the names fucked me up mm-hmm. there. Um, but sorry, go ahead. Credit to you for it. recognizing that. 
Fred Heaver, right? I mm-hmm. think that in your own head because I'm. No, I said it, and yeah, I was like, "That's I, not it. That's not him." I feel bad. I got to. I got to figure that out. Uh, hmm. So sorry. Uh, no, but, but I think yeah. the future is safe uh, with with James Gunn. I feel like he's just a a more uh, human version of Kevin Feige. Uh, he's, he has the formula and like the, the future vision that a franchise needs and like to take it to the long game, but he knows like what needs to be done in the short term as well. Like just his, I don't know. He's so creative in how he comes up with, with situations to further a character story. Like what Colton said earlier, like it's character development straight into more character development straight into, you know, just hopping from one character to the next. And it's just what he does so well. Because even in a show like Peacemaker, the main character obviously has the most work done to him, but every other character that's in that show has something. Like, there is Mm -hmm. something given to everyone, and that has to be good. That has to feel good as the actor to be like, well, at least there's attention paid to me as well, not just the main guy that we're supporting. um, Or main, you know, main, whoever the main person has to be. And that's, yeah, Yeah. I think we're, uh, you know, he... He started Marvel here, and, and, you know, I think comic book movies are his, like, that's just his perfect medium. Like, he knows how to make a comic book movie perfectly. Correction, Uh, Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed would actually be um, his wheelhouse, but you go off, I guess, or whatever you were talking about. Yeah, You know, when we talk about Scooby-Doo, we're in a different league of cinema altogether. You know, it's kind of unfair to bring in kind of agreed to just leave it out. It's just like, if it applies... It's like, obviously peak. It's obviously the top of the mountain. You know, yeah, people like to argue power rankings like, oh, who would win Thor, Captain Marvel, when Shaggy yeah. and Scooby-Doo both exist? You know, in, like, it, it's, it's kind of a Clear. little weird. Yeah, like, Temple. Superman, you know, or Hulk, you know, all, all these fights, they don't matter. Doesn't none of Thanos, Ultron, handle. it none of them matter at all. Um yeah, whenever Shaggy, Shaggy and Scooby just choose to let everyone else exist. Uh, so, I mean, that's that's where the power ranking stands there. So, you know, I don't, I don't forget about Scooby Doo. I don't want anyone to think that that I'm I am trying to put Guardians above Scooby Doo. Um, no, I, I never. No, I just forget. think it's hilarious that he's actually like so deeply involved with those movies and how much I loved those movies as a child, and then growing up and it's Guardians, and I'm like. You're like, wait, wait a fucking wait. minute. James Gunn's been so important to me for so long. He's got yeah. in here. He was the he's chosen one. <laughs> he's cooking. Dude's just And then cooked. Peacemaker. And then Peacemaker, man. God, I love Peacemaker. Oh, fucking good. Yeah, he's he's got it on him. He does. He does. So, ultimately, I have, like, the utmost faith in Superman legacy. A lot of people are really worried about his handling of the tone. Because, oh, I mean, it is, it is a little bit of a switch up from Guardians and the Suicide Squad and Peacemaker. Like, those all have this sort of like, you know, goofy scoundrel, scandalous sort yeah. of angle to them that Superman typically is not going to have. And I don't think it will, but he brings a heart to these stories every time that I think is kind of undeniable. I, yeah. That's ultimately what's like core at the core of that kind of character is like the, the heart of it. Like, so that's a really good way to put it. 
And like I said, just the level of care you see him take with these characters, like what would possibly make someone, I personally would argue it's an exciting thing because he's never really had to do a movie or, or gotten to do a movie in this type of tone. Yeah. Um, I would say that that's something to be more excited about than concerned with. Uh, I, there, like you go. said, I mean, just it, it let him go, you know. No, five for five, six for six. If you include the holiday special, like as far as comic book movie stuff is concerned, bro has not missed the idea that he gets to take the biggest swing with the biggest character in comic books is fucking awesome. I love that, so I'm ready for it. Um, but do we have any? Do That's we have any going on TikTok. Here? That's yeah, going guess, on uh, That's scenes. I don't think I don't think we've any of us have really hammered down a scene. Um, actually, so. for me, it's it's we are Groot. Yeah, it just is I mean, man. I I wanted to go with another great else. score. Uh, more great score work from Tyler. Bates ooh, the score there. Wow. The first image of like the the branches closing around and like Gamora's eyes being the last thing that you see going uh, going through, and then Rocket kind of waking up and being like, no, no. No, you'll die. Uh, like uh, I, I love it. I do, and Groot wipes away the tear. Oh, and an idiot. Oh, Groot. Oh, love it, man. Love it. Head cannon. Uh, uh, this watch that hit me. Whenever they're all grabbing the stone, uh, the only one that's missing is Groot. But all his twigs are there, and they're standing mm-hmm. on top of all of his twigs, so he yeah. is grabbing on as well, for sure yeah. there. Um, all of them got it. They in. all carry Groot within their hearts, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but no, that... I don't know, that, that was one of my shot potentials, was whenever they're first in the ship, and then he just lets all those fireflies out. Um, oh, did I miss something? No, no, no. no. I, we were no. being goofy. It wasn't you. It was uh, I thought I, I thought right, I just yeah. something went over my head completely. No, nothing went over your no. head. I don't it even wasn't know why. It wasn't right right right. Nothing wow. goes over my head. I would have <laughs> caught it. I would have. Um, my reflexes are much. Yeah, I would have caught it. Uh, no, yeah, that. But uh, people kind are of a, extremely literal. Yeah, yeah. You know the the finger. You know why would I? Why would I put a finger on his throat or whatever? It's like, finger oh, to the right. throat means death. <laughs> metaphor yeah it's like he thought he just and that's another line delivery by chris pratt that's just too fucking good you know he's like yeah kind of you know he's like sure uh like you could you can like imagine being korath right there under the mask you know he's like yeah kind of like it's great i love it like because quill gets to be like well you know that's not really a cool killing line that you have to you know you really didn't do it right but imagine being korath the guy who's getting killed that's the that's the last thing you hear is Finger like, on the throat the means death. He'd probably be like, what the fuck is that? And then, you know, and then he's just dead. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's a really weird. Th- those are the last things you hear. But, um, no, I I like that scene. That, but I think that that is my my shot, though. Uh, I, I will pick whenever he, he let out all those fireflies. And then it's ah, kind yeah. of like this super wide shot of them just walking on the bridge. And all the light, I don't know, the lighting just looks real good. On you learn to do that? But, yeah, no, I, I love that. <laughs> Quill, you are my friend. And this dumb tree, he is my friend. And this yeah. green whore. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, Gamora, like, okay, now. You have got there? to stop. Yeah, no, and I love then, it. I love and it. then it's... Nebula steps up and is like, you pathetic, I hate you, whatever. He's like, no one talks to my friends like that. And you're like, you just called her a green whore, dog. Like, I mean, just Dreamly, seconds like, ago. I love uh, that they treat him 
Like they said, his people are extremely literal, which just means that Drax is insanely misogynistic, uh, which is hysterical because he literally just thinks Gamora is a green whore. Like that is, he's not, he's not poking fun. He's not, he's, he's like, again, this is a daughter of of Thanos and like he hates, you know, so like Thanos is number one on his kill list. It seems Ronan was, but Thanos is, you know, truly. After all, he was just a lackey. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the Thanos I need to kill. Yeah, no, uh, no peace yet, uh, for Drax, um, but... We'll never get it either. Thanos does die, but I don't think Drax even gets a little bit of that action. Um, Mm-mm. No. No, he does not. Well, which, I guess Thor gets most of it on the first Thanos kill. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony you know, gets a clean little it. slipe, and then, yeah, Tony gets that. I think Drax gets to fight him on Titan... Mm-hmm. But they're yeah, dealt away he, with very quickly. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. He's got like four of the stones at that point. Like it's not even it's not even fucking fair. He does uh, throw a moon throw, throws at them. An entire fucking moon at them. So. Yeah, li- yeah. That actually does happen. Not so. much he can do. Um, but uh, yeah, no. I think that what these, what this movie manages to do and set up and create for us. You know, we were talking about X Men: Days of Future Past versus Big Hero Six where X-Men Days of Future Past kind of makes makes me feel all sorts of stuff because I've had a history that goes back 20 years with these characters. So when we get to that ending and Logan sees Gene again and all this stuff, I, it moves me deeply because of 20 years of history. Mm-hmm. But Big Hero 6 kind of just drops you in and you feel that. This, you, you don't have the slightest inclination of any of these characters, and boy, oh boy, does it fucking get you. Uh, I love it. I love it. So... Yes, it does. I, I'm super high on this. What What were your guys' favorite scenes? Let you go first, Kyler. I got a couple uh, to choose from, so maybe you'll make my decision easier, um, possibly. Yeah, it's it's probably the scene with Gamora and Star Lord. Um, not not the shot one that I said, but it's when he's saving her um, and he's oh. going out there. I just this is the first time we've seen space. In Marvel, I guess, right? I mean, I guess Tony technically oh, flew the nuke up there. But... We haven't seen it in this style. Yeah. Uh, like the classic creative choice running, that James Gunn yeah, has taken with it. Yeah. And just that whole scene. And, and there's so much good score work in this movie, man. There's so many I'm, different moments. So and and I, I really... I really love how much the soundtrack gets love, but I hope that the score does get that love from most other people too. Like I feel that way. Colton's made multiple comments about it. I'm assuming Joe is in that same boat with Tyler Bates and the score, but so good. These movies scores are so great. And so I hope that like the fact that no sleep till Brooklyn just happens to be in the third one. That doesn't mean that people didn't happen to notice the brilliant score work in that movie or in volume two, um, like with, uh, come a little bit closer that song. Like, I hope that doesn't take away from the great score work in those, those movies, man. That's true. Yeah. So good. Soundtrack plus score combo. Yeah, it does hit really hard. The, the movie ends so strong. Uh, with Ain't No Mountain High Enough. Um, and this, mm. I love that song for me. Perfect that will, upbeat little, little. Listen, baby. Tell me, tell me. I uh, At my wedding, Ain't I will be duetting. High. This is the song I will duet with whoever I marry. <laughs> uh, and if they do not want Ain't to duet no this with me low. at my wedding or at our wedding, 
then they're not my they're they're not who I'm with who I'm supposed to be with. Uh, so, yeah, I think you just need to make sure you're very transparent with that fact, Joe. Oh no, I will. No, I've I, I've known this fact for a while. Like, it's gonna be like day before the wedding. So, um, actually, this is what we're doing. Got it. Got it. Dancer. Yeah. Oh no. I'm. Yeah. I'm. I, I've been curating a, a a wedding playlist for quite some mm-hmm. time, uh, and this this one has been on it. Don't need me. Call me. No matter where you are. Yeah. I, why hire a DJ? I think that's kind of ridiculous. I'm building You're my own right home. now, and then I will have songs that mean something to the both of us eventually, and they'll just keep adding on to that playlist and there's my wedding playlist whenever we you know that's like, basically why? what a wedding dj does um, these days anyway is just kind of mm-hmm. press play and then pause and talk into a yeah. microphone and then play it again and mm-hmm. you know um, yeah yeah i got and i got i got different kind you know different for times like there's a, a moment in which there's a switch where the children leave and there's adults and you know there's songs for that time Naturally. Um, but Naturally. but no ain't no mountain like this sound you know needless i mean all of this to say that uh no the soundtrack is just a perfect blend of score that is good but yeah those song choices man i'm i am a fan of the previous decades uh, before i was born uh, i listened oh, yeah. to a lot of music before 2000 i say probably over 50% of what i listen to is is before I'm i was born to right now um yeah what's, listening what's to on? the complete riverside recordings of uh, Thelonious monk got a little bit mm-hmm. of Jazz mm-hmm. going in the background right now, baby. Love that shit. Mm-hmm. Love that shit. 1986 there. The Complete Riverside recording. So, look at that. Look at that. Look at yeah. uh But, uh... Yeah, Joe, did you yeah. did you get to pick your favorite scene? Was that... Tripping? Yeah, that that was one of my options, so I'm glad it is getting uh, some some love from Kyler, the whenever Peter does save Gamora. After the bumper Gorgeous ships, I uh, wanted to, you know, they... That, I thought that was creative, just ramming the ships into the other ones uh, instead of them having weapons but i i went with the prison break uh at the you know them them all teaming up for the first time you know it it feels like i I love the moment of whenever they all get to the tower the door opens that guards in there and then they're all standing in the doorway Uh, you know and guardian theme blair yeah we're like yeah yeah, like we're a team now and then it's like all right, here's the leg, you know, and, and like I just, you know, I love that Rocket's like, oh, I didn't actually fuck, I didn't need that leg. That's a, you know, that yeah. crazy. You actually got that? That's crazy. Uh, but no, what I, did I, you I train for like units. <laughs> yeah, I had to transfer that guy thirty thousand. Yeah, thirty thousand. I thought that was kind of cool. The bounty the on Quill's head was, was forty thousand. Yeah. yeah, a leg. Oh, and I then guess they say is, later that they're trying to get four billion for the fucking orb, and it's like. I guess that makes that 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 clocks out an infinity stone. No, like the cost makes sense. It's just that like Rocket was going to be like, we're going to be rich with 40,000 credits. That's true. And then they were like four billion units rocket. Think about it. And he's like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Suck it up for one more night and, and you'll be rich. Yeah. That is. Yeah. As a lot. But no, the prison break, man, that whole thing just. I love this movie with all my fucking heart. You uh, definitely need to get the battery movie. last. You know, Groot in the background yeah, yeah. Yeah, taking it out. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. But, but yeah, that's uh, we're all. Or we can get it first. Settled. Do the rest a little. You know, we can, we can just go ahead and do that. You know, uh, I love it. I love it. I'm a sucker for it. But uh, 
Yeah, what are we feeling rating wise? I think it's an easy one. It's an easy one. It's the it's the first one in some time. I'm confident is a surefire ten uh, in enjoyment. It has everything you want. You know, it makes you laugh. It makes you cry. The one movie, even before the other two are out, you're already feeling like there's history there. But now Mm. that they are out, there's like future history sense at all. Uh, We just know where they're going to go, so it makes it even that much better. Yeah, no, I'm. I'm there. Um, I'm at a 10 uh, for sure for me. So if we're all in a group. No question. No question. Okay. No question. There we are. Um, Only one. Only one to actually debate is critical here. And um, as far – I mean it's not – It's good. Yeah. It's not a 10. Uh, I can – I will will say that. Uh, We're not at a perfect movie, but I don't know. What do you think? It's got to be one of the highest – in the Marvel movies, like if not the highest critically, in my opinion, right? Or am I wrong? The highest. I guess, I, I guess right it's my now, opinion. If we're including the X Men movies, it would be um, X two um, at an eight. Uh, that's also first class and Days of Future Past. Um, Iron Man three or Cap and yeah, Cap and Iron Man three are both at a seven seven five. Um, and I think, I don't know, I think we're... No, I mean, it's north of that. It is. We're north it, of that, uh, yeah. I think it's one of our, one of our best movies so far, um, on this, on this project. I have no doubt about that. I think that there are, I, I was obviously extremely loving. There are some things that I would change about this movie. I don't think it's as pretty as it could be. I think there's a lot of great visual effects. I think there's a lot of, mm-hmm. uh, cool shots, but uh, James Gunn's never been the one that blows me away as a visual filmmaker. I think that he's got, I, I think that the way he utilizes the camera is compelling, but what he's capturing isn't always the best. Like that shot of Chris Pratt when he goes, finally, I love the camera movement. I don't love what I'm seeing necessarily. I think it looks odd and this, the framing and composition is a little off. And I think that, I felt that way throughout the movie a little bit. There were a lot okay. of points where I was like, mm-hmm. you only need to adjust this a little bit for it to look like really, really good. That's why I went with the shot that I went with, because I was just like, that's that's the best looking shot in the movie to me. Okay. Um, I agree. Uh, yeah, because like Asgard uh, back in the Thor movies looks incredible. Like it, it actually like just looked really good. And I think they shot it in creative ways when they're in Asgard. And, and here we're wherever the fuck we could be you know we're we're hopping from planet to planet nowhere probably could have uh been a little bit more interesting uh shot you know a little bit darker like maybe like they do a great job i think that uh the visual effect shots are cool and that's that's ultimately what i feel about the visuals in this movie is that they're cool i wouldn't necessarily categorize them as Mm. like great um this did earn a oscar nomination for best visual effects um, and best makeup and hairstyling, which I think is well earned on Drax alone. Drax, um, Gamora, uh, yeah. I guess like would Rocket count there? You know, like no. so that's that, that's just VF. I guess character design. That's not it, like that's that'd not... be VFX. That would be okay. VFX. Wow, um, hmm. okay. Groot VFX. Um, so like, there's there's there are some incredible visual effects in this movie. Uh, I just don't think that. You know, we we were talking about uh, to compare it to the Avatar movies, like with James Cameron, much more visually, yeah. much more visual prowess 
with visual effects than James Gunn does. Um, so I think it's an extremely strong written movie. I think it's extremely strong performed and the visual effects are extremely strong, but I don't think exactly what I'm looking for in cinematography is firing on all cylinders. There are great shots, but there are, uh, it's not a consistent thing. I don't think, mm-hmm. um, and I think that takes it north somewhere. of eight for me. Um, we're in the it's in the eight somewhere. It's not quite a nine. You know, a, a nine is that'd be above Batman Begins. I think and, as far as it's written, it's probably written better than Batman mm-hmm. Begins. I think so. I I, I do think so. I do think that's a better looking movie than this. On and maybe one. it just kind of ties it there. Uh, Batman Begins at an eight seven five. I I. I was kind of hovering around eight seven five or eight five. Uh, mm-hmm. That's where me. I'm at. I, I, my yeah. gut took me to eight five. That's. I think it's a solid mm-hmm. film. I think it's really strong. Um, there we go. Yeah, but I don't see. think it's. I don't think it's. You know, nine is when we're getting to the fucking. This is a great movie, and I do feel mm-hmm. that way. Uh, but when I assess it from a more, when I try to take a step back, I, I can mm-hmm. I can recognize that it falls just short of that. Not not by a lot, yeah. but it's. I kind of. I can dig. If we do give it an 8.5, it averages out to a 9 flat, just a 90% Good. overall, and I, I think that's fair. I think I, I, I do. That makes it high up there for us then. It huh? is number two. Uh, number two, The Dark Knight, a 9.83, and then Superman, um, an 8.83. Uh, so, yeah, it is It is number that. two. Those are my top three. Those are my top um, three. Guardians mm-hmm. of the I Galaxy, do. Superman, The Dark Knight. Yeah, and I, I would... I do still put this above the Dark Knight overall, like on my just my general list. But um, I do recognize the Dark Knight is it's a better Knight's made better movie. Yeah, yeah the, it the is. Dark Knight's a better um, movie. Um, it just I, I like this movie more than the Dark Knight, um, to be sure. But I think that the Dark Knight is just a it's just a better yeah. movie. Like it's hard to hard to spin it any other way. But yeah, with that coming to a ninety percent mm-hmm. for Guardians of the Galaxy, I love that. I love that. It's a good number for it. Um, I'll be interested to see where volume two and three fall after this. Uh, it'll be, it'll be exciting. Um, but yeah. I'm going to have, I'm going to have a bad time trying to rate that one, man. Yeah. The second Which, one, uh, second one, that yeah. one, like I, th- this movie started it, but like it's up to the second one to sustain it or kill it. Mm-hmm. And it did it. it yeah, just held stick right there. Well, I'm not saying critically or anything. Over a drastically overhated movie. People think that Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two is like not a good movie, and I can't really wrap my head around that. Um, like mm. at all, actually, I don't get that. I don't get that one fucking bit. So, I love Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. It'll be a lot of fun to get there. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, with that, I think we'll conclude this episode of the Penny Bloom Podcast, and we will be back next week with a couple more MCU phase two editions and age of Ultron and my boy. Yes. Uh, We are there. My favorite MCU movie there is uh, back to my favorite MCU villain that there is. I'm, I'm feasting right now on this project. um, I can say so. Yeah. Very good era for me. Um, Yes. Yes. It's a, it's a strong, strong little stretch we're on here and uh, we will be uh concluding season seven of game of thrones next week as well the season seven finale is is uh coming out next week and i'm so very excited for that because then we will be taking a week off of that project for the first week of march and doing our own penny bloom 2023 
film awards kind of a you know oscar substitute uh, i'm very excited for it i feel like i watched more than enough movies to do my own, our, our own little <laughs> yes. thing there so uh i'm feeling good about it and i'm excited to give you my top 10 of the year and uh Best actor, actress, supporting actor, supporting actress, director, cinematography, all that stuff. It's going to be fun. I'm so very excited. And that's a couple Mondays away. But yeah, we'll be, uh, we'll be pushing forth with our, uh, oh, beautiful. <laughs> wow. Magnificent. Like those do look nice. Magnifique. Like, those. like the style uh, of those. Really? <laughs> uh, I love, I love, I love what's going on here. Um, regardless, um, if you would head to patreon.com slash penny bloom pod, but you'll find over 50 hours of exclusive content, including all sorts of book reviews, comic book reviews, movie reviews, and the like. Uh, you can, uh, for $3 a month, support this podcast financially, which is huge because it costs me money and I don't make any off of it unless it's over there. Head to Twitter, follow at penny bloom pod, follow on Instagram at penny bloom podcast, follow on TikTok at penny bloom podcast, all sorts of content getting put out over there. Uh, and it's not the only place you can watch the show. You can also watch it on YouTube. Uh, go ahead and subscribe over on YouTube at Penny Bloom Pod. Or at, just look up Penny Bloom Podcast. I imagine we're the only one out there. Uh, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. Pretty if sure not, we're coming for your ass. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be hearing from my lawyer. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I don't know. And much by lawyer, that. I mean my dad. <laughs> yep. Dad. T- t- He's you- not a lawyer. <laughs> He's not a lawyer, but dad, help, help. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I was Colton Robertson. I was joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, homie. Oh, thank you for having me. It is always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it's always a pleasure to have you. And thank you, KBZ, Kyler Barnett. Absolutely. Absolutely. And remember, peace, love, and bloom. And we are Groot. <laughs>